1: What's up, people? You're locked into the 222 Pro two, 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 One Slow podcast. All right, episode 22. We're back in, um, spoiling them. We're pretty much back to back with these. Um, and this episode has actually got a sponsor. Redline Motorcycles are sponsoring this one. They've got a nice uh, mini bike behind us that they're going to give away. Um, you've just got to follow them on Instagram, but we'll discuss that at the end. So you have to stay tuned to win that. But yeah, once again, thanks to Redline Motorcycles for sponsoring the episode. We have got Tommy as usual. Are you alright? Yeah, I'm good. Warm enough. Not uh, tired.
2: Quite cold actually, because you've had the doors open. But
1: yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. And uh, we've got Jeff Perrett. How are you, mate? I'm
2: all right.
3: I got to say before we go any for you, do look a bit tired. <laughs> I am. He is, isn't he? I think you. You two are over I've
2: actually. I got up this morning. and had a, such a bad morning. I went back to bed. I said I'm going to start the day again. I had a, at eleven o'clock. I went back. had a thirty-minute nap. And now I've got up. And now I've come here. Well, to restart yeah i just i've had a real bad morning i've booked the wrong doing an international in france i've booked the wrong first i booked it late so i couldn't get my euro tunnel back i booked a euro tunnel out then i tried getting a boat back went through to book it booked a car on so then rebooked, done another booking and i've booked to come back sunday night when i meant to come back monday night. but i've done it by uh shit website not like direct I've gone direct ferries it's called and now I've got no confirmation so I'm on the phone to the bank now trying to get them to cancel it so I can oh, I've just had a oh, man
3: I hope you clicked the box
2: can you spin that I can spin into In. there you go There we go. We can't can. spin very well <laughs>
3: um, I, did you click the box because I tell you what you don't want them sending you a load of stuff because I did that and they're
2: relentless with the emails uh, what direct ferries yeah don't do that well I've called the <laughs> bank right, and just said, a tip that is I've called the bank and said stop that payment and then I've they didn't want to stop it and then I've convinced them now to dispute it and I'm going to book somewhere else so just a bit of a a bad morning really but it's I'm back and now it? I really feel good about it. I've, I have woke up a new man after my a little 20 minute nap and I even said to the missus that's done me the world of good. They do say that. It's wow. tough at the top Ed,
1: you need one of them. That, that, that's, that's an intro I didn't think we were going to end up with uh, hearing all about your dilemmas of booking. No but I'm back on form now. doesn't surprise me one bit to be honest with you, not one bit.
3: He's an adult now. I was no. thinking driving up here, you two, uh, when I first bumped into you two all those years ago, <laughs> a couple of bumbling clowns, I think, well, one time ah. in America, young pups out there, all the world in front of them, I thought, yeah, they're going to have a good time. And now look at you, both hanging, haggard.
2: Yeah,
1: we're knackered. Knackered, yeah. We are, we worked, we're overworked, underpaid.
2: Mm. i sure it is, um, it is mad how long we've known you and him was just saying beforehand, I was thinking on the way. When was the last time you come out? And I was thinking it was with Lewis a few years ago, but actually it was in two
3: thousand and seven. He was KTM, actually. Yeah, actually KTM. Then, um, yeah, a long time ago. Lots changed since then, of course. A lot,
2: um, and not a lot at the same time. Yeah, I know. It's mad,
3: isn't it? <laughs> <'Cause> yeah, like... <laughs> you haven't changed much. I don't think you've changed him much. You know, in my opinion, still just uh, riding. Well, by. you see, he's got. See, he's he's always played this thing anywhere. He, he's kind of like. But he makes out like he don't really know what's going on. But <laughs> he, he does, and he always has done. First time I met you was at Matcham's one year. Uh, you was on a, uh, I think a KT... No Kawasaki one two five.
1: Was you? No, yeah. you might
3: have been. You might have been on on an eight. No. It would have been a Kawi one two five or a carry eight. That was it. You just got on a one two five, and I actually thought to myself then, when I first came over and started speaking to you, I thought, "Oh, he's a," you know, like I, I just thought, <laughs> "He's a, he's a." Sure, I, can't, I couldn't really make out your accent, for one. <laughs> I thought, where's you know, where he from or whatever? And I just thought, he's a bit of a, he's a, bit of a sort of wide boy. A bit of a, bit of a geezer back then.
2: <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd be trouble. Ed thought the same when I turned up here.
1: His family thought, oh, fuck me, who's this bloke? We yeah. did. Generally <laughs> did. He got out of the van and then about five steps behind him, his little brother Troy at the time, he would probably be about five, he jumped out of the van barefoot. <laughs> we got a little bit of a, a stream thing that runs through. He's in the stream, just freezing cold winter. Yeah. No shoes.
2: I didn't know Ed, obviously, and Jamie. Um, Ed's dad, actually, um, his company sponsored Jamie Dobb. So that's how we, we all started coming up here, yeah. really, through Jamie. And then Jamie brought me up because I was he was there managing me. So I come up, and, yeah, I remember them saying after, fucking hell now, when you turn up, we thought, who's this? In a tracksuit, his brother's there running through the stream, and then he was <laughs> up in the loft or something. When we trying to get something out? Oh, I don't know. It
1: was fucking wild. It was definitely wild. But
2: yeah, it's always been a bit... Um,
1: We've been a bit just going with the flow, really. I,
3: okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah.
2: I didn't. I got. I got. I genuinely got to
3: say, I didn't think you you get to where you are. Where you are now. I mean, I knew when I first watched you. Like, um, oh, clearly, you could tell you was like you was good. And as a young kid, then not. You know, you. It's just like you were only focused on riding, and you didn't have any idea what that
2: what goes on in the world outside of that.
3: Still, Probably still, still don't, don't.
1: No, still doesn't.
3: Well, he does now because he's booking his own ferries and everything. No, I've always yeah, look been quite good. Gone.
2: At, I've always been quite good at doing flights and things like that. This is just a a rare mishap. Just I haven't something. booked flights or anything for a long time since the race in England, so I think I'm <laughs> off the I'm out the loop of it all. <laughs> Bless you.
3: No, it's good. It's good. I mean, you know, for me, um, that's funny. You said, "Yeah, oh, you didn't think I'd get." I just thought just because I thought, well, maybe because you've had good advice, you know, and and you've you've got good, you've had good guidance, but then. You were just tearing around, doing laps. You didn't seem to have any structure, you know, as, as I
2: said, you know. But you were young, so. Well, also my, you know. I think that's how it is when you're young, isn't it? And also my family didn't, we was not from motocross. Yeah. So when so you're you someone no like yourself who's gone through it all, you'll probably look at someone, hey, he's just wild, he's fast, but there's nothing. Yeah. He don't know what he's doing sort of thing. But then I was quite lucky that someone then said, at the time it was Jamie and then I, so you might be right with that, that mm. you then you got picked up, you had something and then you got picked up and then it got all pushed in the right way. Yeah, the
3: right guidance, yeah, that's just clearly the raw speed was there, there you go, see, with the right people around you, you, can't, you can still be an idiot, don't get my <laughs> point, and, you know, and still, and still make it, now. you've Quite, done all right there Tommy, I've got to say, you've done all right, you've done us proud, fair play. No, thank you.
1: Well, by now you'd probably seven minutes in if you were, if you've not if you're not watching this and you're listening to it you'll definitely recognise Jeff's name, uh, voice sorry not name, but I've been doing a bit of research myself Jeff. Oh God! So
2: still now I'd look to fix it. Yeah. it, <laughs> it off, off the website somewhere. Yeah, it's, he's a
1: busy bloke. Like I said, he you know. He's, I've yep. also had a minor blip here because I wrote this in the note section and it's gone, but now I've reverted back to where it's from. So Jeff. Oh God, I'm nervous now. So you I'm
3: normally on the other side of this, aren't yeah. I? So
1: yeah, this is this is it now.
3: And I suddenly feel all guests feel when I get them started in the
1: racing in 1981. Yeah, you did. Um, you had a passion for it, apparently. Oh, I must add. I think you've written this yourself. I could
3: could well be <laughs> my own pitch. Uh, is that what I sent you the other day?
1: This is actually on the Dirt Hub. Uh, oh, profile okay. Page, I, I didn't you? actually write that. How did you not? No. Well. You moved into British motocross, where you worked as a regular, uh, sorry, raced as a regular and became a top 10 British contender. Yeah. More
3: than that, weren't you? Uh, best result I had was in 98, finished fifth in what is now MX1. Yeah. But That's I was sort of here. top 10. In the championship?
2: Yeah. Oh, man. Riding through. Yeah, because I... Eastwood. This is quite good for me to hear, because obviously I've known you've been around forever, but I don't actually know your story on it as such, you know... Did you I feel good that he said I've been
1: around forever. Did you know that well, he yeah, raced the yeah, 250 yeah. GPs as a privateer from 95 to 2000?
2: I would have known you was racing GPs as a privateer, yeah. I knew. Yeah. I know a fair bit, because obviously through the years, but I don't know the whole, What? how did you get into it? It doesn't say that I started out with hair at
3: that point. <laughs> <laughs> I had hair up until 98. How did I start? Oh, wow, that was, um, back then you had to be on a grade in this. You couldn't, we were just talking about it before we came on air. You couldn't. You couldn't just sort of buy your way effectively in the GPs. You had to be basically in the top 10 in whichever championship you was racing in the UK, be it 125, okay. 250, or 500, before you could even, then they'd even give you a license and you could go and try and ah, qualify. wow. So it kind of, there was a process. There was an actual sort of route to the top. You couldn't, it wasn't just all about, you know, like having a, a big sponsor or if you had rich parents or anything. You had to earn it. You had to be good enough in the UK before they'd even... Yeah. Give you a chance to do it How so did you do
1: that racing Like the the, the national British Yeah the British stuff. Championship Yeah so right.
3: basically You had to finish I think it was the top Top 10 They they basically took Eight I think it was Eight or ten riders From each class 125 250 And 500 Yeah And that they were The kind of UK representatives To go and do GPs So if you Obviously they had a few Where you'd have Like I wouldn't say wild cards But if a top rider got injured And missed a year Then obviously they'd go they put You know in. Whatever But for those co- trying to get to the top, you had to—you couldn't just sort of rock up, get a license, and go and do GPs. You had to be. When good you enough. say
1: GPs, did it by or you're that you're in that top eight. That's not you're racing. You've then got to go and qualify a GP. Yeah, that's just to get get to the, the GP, GP. So right? Yeah, they obviously give you
2: now you don't have to qualify. When you're there, you're there. You could yeah. be 15 seconds laps slower. You're there. You're racing both races.
3: Well, I think that's—I'm not completely clued up. Where no, it's out at the it minute, is, but yeah. you know, I, I'm guessing if I went
2: and won the Euro Millions,
3: I could go. Oh, I'm gonna go and do an MXGP. GP in yeah, Argentina. You can.
2: There's actually a funny story the other <laughs> day, just to go off subject. It was about Glenn Coldenhoff's step uh not stepbrother, his missus' brother was on holiday and they'd done a GP somewhere and the FIM wanted some riders, so they says he was out there in that country, like a, a overseas race. I can't remember anyway, they paid for him to just come. No, you and are line making up. that up. Didn't you are making point? that. Up? Yeah, and he scored a point. No, that's the God's honest truth. They says, yeah, if you want to come and race, we need riders. Ian, don't even ride. Ride for a bit of fun. He come. We done could get the, a point. He gun, done, done You've the race. Got a point. They said, and they paid for all his expenses to come. Give him a bike. He raced a race. Like I need to check on that, but I was told just the well, other week, and that. Wouldn't you there the when they were telling us? I'm pretty sure I've heard that story. Yeah. Cogs in my head
3: are turning now. Yeah. Like the idea to go and do that. No, you could do that easy. It's like being an extra in a film set, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just like being, be on standby. Look, we're short of riders. Yeah. You can we'll do give that. You
2: a shot. If you went to Argentina, of course you can line up. Right, I bet. I better look at ne- when the calendar comes out for
3: next year. I think I better.
2: No, you trip. can. That's not. That's not even like a joke. You can in an overseas race. You could go line up and you could race. What was your um? What was your best result at the GP? Uh,
3: my best result. This is this is this is a killer. But well, I know I've lived with it. I've learned to live with it. Right. <laughs> all bad um, question. No, no, it's not. It's all right. It's all right because because I was never on a. You know, I never. Quite got good enough to be picked up by what you know, like a Brit- a top British team or whatever. So I was always privatists. So my best result was actually a handful, about four, I think about about four sixteenths in in the two fifty class, mm-hmm. which at the time yeah, you know became like it was on the cusp, of like uh, mid mid nineties. The power shift kind of started to move from the five hundred class being the premier class to yeah. the two fifty. Yeah. You know, we had like Everts, Tortelli, Beera bevorts You know, the list goes on. So to just you know be yeah. there and qualify for me as a, as a privateer that was fitting window. I was, I was a window cool. fitter in the week, fitting windows, trying to earn money, then go off and do GPs. Nice. So I had a handful of four uh, 16s because points only went down to fifteenth then. Ah.
1: So I never, ever scored a point. Oh, I see why it was a... yeah. Oh, then a we've got guy. to go to Argentina. We've got <laughs> to go to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. over. It's okay. Like okay. not over. No, it's not.
3: That's what I mean. The
2: dream's not over. This is <laughs>
3: this has rekindled my fire for it. But
2: like you were saying, before we come on air, we had a little chat. There was, sometimes you had 110 people going to try and yeah. qualify for the race. Oh, so, so getting 16 you're yeah, get a top qualifier. Yeah. You're still chuffed to nuts no, at the interesting time, that's obviously. Like, yeah. So
3: initially, you'd go there. Some GPs, there'd be more entries than others, like France, you know, or, or popular yeah. countries like that. And you'd have two groups. And yeah, I think, you know, you'd get some, some cases, like I said, up to over 100 riders. And they'd split them into groups. So you'd have more than 50 riders in a qualifying group in a 40 minutes qualifying session. It was like madness out there. People wow. were going bansai. And if you got in the top twenty in your group, you're straight into the race. If you're twenty first, you'd be reserve first or second reserve. No last on what chance, qu- just no no last chance. That's it. Just just straight in. Yeah. So my first ever GP was Telavira in '95, and I qualified as as first reserve. So my first ever GP, I was I was twenty first. I got to ride the second race because Rob Herring completely splattered himself. Did like a John Rambo impression off the. You've ridden Talavera, yeah. you know when you get to the highest <coughs> point of the track and it sweeps around a corner, it kind of drops away. Yeah. Where well, Heron just launched like clear off that into into a load of trees. He was just like pinned up in trees, Shit. done his leg in, and I got to ride. But the interesting story about that was because we were full privateer. My brother uh, came, obviously, he was my mechanic, and um, anyway, I got to qualify. Kind of. Or we got start money. We knew we, that was the main thing. That was getting some money to pay for the trip. My first ever attempt was like. Oh, so because cool. you was 21st,
2: a reserve even got qualifying yeah, money. Yeah, basically. Were... So
3: we were just, you know, I went there with no real expectation. First ever GP, didn't really know what I was doing type thing and managed to get, get some money back. Uh, and then they used to have a massive party in town, like because the town's not far away, right. is it? massive shindig like a huge marquee and all the town came out of course me uh my best mate who came with me chip and my brother went down to town to party i thought i better not you know as tempting as it was and it was thought oh i might get a ride tomorrow so i better not first ever gp better be you know i know i'm a privateer but i better try and take it a little bit serious went to bed woke up in the morning no sight of sound of those two at all, <laughs> N- nothing. Clock's ticking. We're getting going out for the first like you know just free practice session on the oh, Sunday. Oh, because you don't still
2: do warm up. Yeah. yeah, they
3: still do a warm up, which you get to go yeah. out with a, if you're a reserve. It's getting like half an hour to go. But this is before mobile phones. Because none of you know they didn't have a mobile phone or anything, so I couldn't call them. So in the end, I'm getting the bike out myself. I'm checking it over. I'm it's like ten minutes to go. Well, I better get kitted up, I suppose. <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff, and I literally just went out and. Didn't just went out and then sort of cruised around and like, like almost like a lost dog. Yeah. I kept coming in after a couple of laps into the pit box and sort of going, no, can't see them. Might as well go back out again. Went out, you know, so I did that whole session and then, and then when I came back, I could sit, I could see that the van door had been opened. So I put the bike on the stand and I basically opened the back door of the van and there's a scene in Jaws, I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, obviously it's an old film, but where this guy's head falls out the bottom of the boat. And it was like that. I literally opened the back doors of the van to put my, take my crash room off. And my brother was so drunk that he got into the van, <laughs> the workshop... Closed the door behind him and fallen asleep against the door. So as I opened the door, he just sort of <laughs> presented himself like that. I was like, Jesus, my first ever GP. And look at the state of you two. Like, they were absolutely
2: wrecked. <laughs> and this is what turning in the my morning, fir- is it?
3: Yeah, this is my first ever GP. So then, literally, by the time I, I did get to ride the second race, my brother was just kind of starting to come round a little bit. But he was making, like, you could tell he was hammered. And we was in the waiting zone. And he, he was just sort of stood there, like, almost falling asleep because he was that hanging. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he just jumped up, like, really loud when it was quite, quite, quite a moment. Just jumped up really loud and went, fuck! <laughs> I was like, now what? And it, so he'd like, almost fallen asleep, but he'd fallen asleep against somebody's bike and burnt his leg <laughs> on the exhaust pipe. And, all, and I'm just like, that, that set the tone. For my
1: entire GP career. That, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, well,
2: that's I, good stories. You don't get stories like that nah, now.
1: But we used to have them like that with your dad. And his I, mate I, was, Gary. I actually, so my
2: dad and his best mate Gary used to come with me. and <clears throat> He used to do was, the
1: same. He used to wake up and not know how
2: he was going to get to the track because yeah. they'd be pissed. There's so many races I know. Like um, any of the ones with a decent town. Bulgaria. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Czech Republic. I remember waking up in Czech. Bulgaria, the first one, first round of the year. I was with Miles, and I've, I've I've, gone out and think, whatever. But And then my dad's gone to go out in town. He's like, I'll be go out for a little drink. Anyway, he's gone out. He's then got lost, and he's pissed up. So he got pulled over by the police. They said, where are you going? And he says, well, I'm going back to the hotel. I didn't really know where. He, and then in the end, he just went back to the track, because that's all he could find his way back to. He slept in the car. And then I've woke up in the morning. No, wish are sharing a hotel room, so no dad. And I've just gone... right, I don't know how I'm getting to the track. And so I go down at breakfast and then uh, there's other people in the hotel that obviously race bikes. Um so then I jump in, get a lift with someone and I get there, he's still asleep in the car. And that is just (laughs) it's just normal. And then I remember another one, I went outside the open the room door in the morning and he's asleep in the hallway. (laughs) Because I said he was like, Why didn't you come in? He says, Oh, I didn't want to wake you up. So he slept in the hallway outside the bedroom door. There's there's uh, you
3: know, one day I think I've thought about it and probably one day I will like maybe put it, put it down. I wouldn't say write a book, but maybe just do kind of like mini stories or whatever, because, mm. you know, for me as a privateer, I was under no, no illusion. You know, I knew I wasn't good enough to, to be, um, you know, like a, I would say a, a top rider, And I knew that it was like, you know, for me it was, I was always going to be a privateer, or not always, because I was trying to be good enough to get that ride. But I was comfortable with it, even from that, even from that stage in my career. It's like, but this is how we're going to do it. The old man died when I was fourteen, and I took a year out of racing. Then collectively, as a family, we just said, do you know what? Let's just let's just have fun with it and see how far we can go with it, and, th- and don't put that extra pressure on." And that's and that's nice. what then honestly, that's what we did. You know, my brother worked extra hours. My middle brother, Percy, used to do extra, you know, bricklaying and whatever. And we'd all go, even the old dear, when I said I was going to give it up, you know, she said, no, 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 you're not. There's no way you're fucking giving it up because she <laughs> does like a, to throw an F-bomb in back then. <laughs> and I'm like, well, she goes, no, look, this is, this is all of our sport. Oh, it's not for so nice. you. It gives you like goosebumps. It's no, family, isn't it? it? Yeah, totally. So that's what we did. And, you know, and, and like I said, that first GP kind of set the tone really. And then of course I, I got to, well, on the very first GP is where I actually officially met and got to know the Eastwood clan. Mm-hmm. That's literally how it happened. So on was on the, on the ferry. Because it, it was all just sort of like wide eyed. Like it was all like this new thing. We were going off and doing how GP. Old were you, at what age was you? I at? would have been then. I think I was about 20, 21, I would have thought. Oh, yeah, like that would
1: be considered a late starter in that I was day, a late maybe. starter. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm on
3: the I'm on the ferry, you know, on the ferry that, uh, crossing over because we take the, the the big one down to Bilbao, and then yeah, and then we, you know, just thought, oh that's Mark Eastwood over there. It was kind of like that. Well, that's Easty, you know. Yeah, he's quite good. And I thought, oh well, we go and speak to it, you know, because there was nobody else on there. My my brother was already a couple of pints in because uh, he likes a drink my <laughs> Yeah. So um, and we went to chat with him, and then in no time at all, within within. Five minutes of chatting to him and Scott, it was just hold on. Like, it's not like they race motocross. Like we, we absolutely have like got the same interest and everything, same music, same opinions, and all that. And that was it. That that we were off and running. Then that was the whole it's thing. Jailed. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, I still obviously speak to Mark as much as I can and Scott. Um, but it, we had such a laugh. Mark had to be more serious because it, it was his job, mm-hmm. but. Between Who was Mark riding for at that point? The first year it was a Sky Mars Honda, so it would have been DT, I guess. Well, was he the manager at that time? I think he might oh, have been. I, I think he was, yeah, if I remember rightly. People will obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I thought he was running that team at that time. And he was doing pretty pretty good, Mark, you know. So but obviously Scott was his mechanic a bit more relaxed, but Mark is well, we all know it Mark. It seems to know? be a
2: lot back then that the family was the mechanic. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But those you two, never, you like, don't get that now. Do no you, you
3: don't, not, not really. But they are so different in many ways, and that was kind of interesting dynamic, just seeing all that, you know, but we had such a good time. Mark was real focused. He was like a Jekyll and Hyde character, and I know you won't mind me saying this, but, but like in the week, like, oh man, with such a laugh, while always we were always like, you know, up to no good, Miss Bay." the minute, the very second the vehicle drives through the gate, at a GP serious nah. oh god yeah like you don't even want to get near him really, really? what yeah. you just
1: go into work mode complete
3: work mode you know and he and, he, and he's just like oh christ what's happened there like we <laughs> driving down the road half an hour ago you were laughing joking and now you're like he, he's like just instantly into race mode you no, know, is that no. a good thing yeah yeah for him yeah, yeah obviously but like me me and scott and all the rest of us we were all there just gooning around you know and whatever we we recorded loads of videos one day i said let alone the book um, this is before digital cameras and whatever, but I got a load of footage, you know, from utter,
1: just complete gooning around. No
3: racing. They don't film any of the racing. They didn't bother with any of that. It was all the stuff that
1: happened in between. That's the really stuff. That's the good stuff. The story stuff, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah. So so for me, I, you know, I had five, six years of doing GPs and, you know, arguably the best best times I've ever had. I mean, what was there not to like? I was traveling all around the world. My my whole attitude towards it was, right, let's give it your best shot.
2: If you don't make the cut, I'm on holiday. Yeah. I'm literally out on holiday. Like, I'll, I'll get out in with the crowd. So even if you didn't qualify, you'd still have a good time that weekend? Oh, I never got upset about
3: it. I think in six years, though, I only failed to qualify, I think, four or five oh, times. So, yeah. so, So qualifying I was pretty good at. And I think I was pretty good at it because
2: I just I just didn't. Didn't put the pressure on yourself.
1: What was, was Quali back then? Lap? One lap? Yeah, one lap. Just you No know. no racing, no, no moment. No. Just, just
3: whatever your best time was. Right. And I like, used to get, so many people used to get so geed up about it, and I was just like, just treat it like I'm riding, like, just relax, because like, when you're at that stage, what have you got to yeah, you do?
2: You didn't have anything to I'm do, did pa- I'm <laughs> paying for it. Yeah. I've
3: paid to get myself here, so it's not like I'm going to let anybody down but me, so... I I loved that, you know, and it worked out really good for me. Yeah.
1: What was so once you'd done obviously your GP career, you, you're like years on now. You're still in the industry. What what was the transition from finishing GPS to did you go back to British or did you just start doing something different?
3: Well, I kind of fell into journalism, didn't I? I so I got into that because I was still riding at the time, and it, it all kind of changed for me really when I got sponsored by Animal, which at the time was obviously quite a big yeah, clothing brand. That. And I remember,
2: you You at an animal that's yeah. probably about 2005, was it?
3: Yeah, that was towards the tail end of it. So it was around 98 I started oh. working with those guys, but obviously, oh, so so I was with really them, was with them for quite a time.
1: Yeah, and didn't we, you have a column and uh, yeah, right or something. so that's how it came about? So, whilst you were racing, this was, yeah, so you used to write about your, yeah,
3: right. So, animal at the time were obviously a UK clothing band and, and quite a for a better word, you know, cool one. They were with it, they were quite good with all that's when sort of, I guess you know, media was becoming more of a thing and they'd always want to do something quirky and different. Yeah,
2: no, I do remember all that.
3: So, uh, yeah, I got, I got supported by them because they're a local company to me. And then, and that's how it came about. So at the end of 99, when I was, again, switched to Suzuki with, uh, and, and took Animal with me, and Batesy was running the team. And then Sean Lawless, like, so he, he came up to me and said, um, he was leaving, TMX I think at the time to go and work with a new magazine called MX UK I don't know if you can remember no, that it was, I don't from, remember that. It was from based down in Bristol I think and anyway he said Look, I want you to write a column so I just, I honestly just thought he was taking the piss so I, I just sort of laughed it off for at least two rounds because he kept coming up to me and saying like and that all stemmed from at the end of the year people used to Write little thank yous in TMX, and I was reading through them, you know, what writers put, and I thought that's all a bit tedious, isn't it? <laughs> you know, they all just like list people. So I started, I wrote one into Sean, who was the editor at the time, and just because I knew Animal would like it as well, just wrote a load of old shit, really. So I started writing, like, I'd like to thank, I can distinctly remember writing. I'd like to thank all the women that have let me touch them and all the men who haven't. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to thank the makers of Jack Daniels, Paracetamol, all these just random shit, really. And then right at the end, I just listed sponsors like that. And he, and he loved it and, and he ran it because I didn't think he would. And then, of course, I guess from that, he thought, okay, you know, he's got something about him that would maybe make a good column. So, and that's how I started. In yeah, journalism. I
2: do remember your column. I would have
3: been so really young.
1: Having a column back in the magazine days was like...
3: Yeah, big. Big, was yeah. it? Cool yeah. thing to have. Mm, I remember. It was really cool. So I started at MXUK, and then Sean didn't last very long there because obviously DBR and TMX were part of the same publishing group. So then he got offered the job to be the editor of DBR. Yeah, yeah. And he said, look, would you come back you know and come and write a column for DBR, which we then named Rear Gunner, so I always had the back page. Mm-hmm. I said, well, yeah, of course, you gave me the opportunity to start and and that was it. And then not. And then two or three years down the line, I got asked by Tim March to to come and join Moto and yeah, I you know, that. and
1: do that. So. Moto was like the well, dirt bike rider. Moto and dirt bike rider were like when Moto was good the time that. That was our cool, sort of. It? I remember that. Like anything that was Moto was pretty cool back in the day for for me, especially and probably your thing as well. Yeah, too. I
3: think I think the Moto days, you know, DBR. At the time, you know, time was the established one, and obviously, was really good. But it had been a it had been a formula that had been around for a long time, and I think yeah, it was like new, cool at the time. Yeah, and I think you know because it came from um, a media house that did skateboarding, you know, BMX magazines, or whatever. They they looked at the sport completely different. Mm-hmm. And Tim was obviously really passionate about it. They had a good designer in Justin, and then for year one they got Wobbs involved. You know, so obviously Wobbs was. That's the reason Tim asked him to do it. You know, initially he spoke to me about doing it and said that me and Wobbs could work together, but I had to turn it down for a year because I was committed to do the Isle of Wight GP yep. with the team that laid that on. Yep. So I couldn't, you know, I said, well, I, once we get the GP out of the way, then maybe I can leave DBR I did join read up. in
1: this thing that you apparently didn't write. That you was uh, it was your idea, and you were a big advocate for putting the lap dancing bar at the Irish no, That
2: that was my idea. <laughs> that was good. That was, I remember going to I the am... Isle of White GP, and the, that was the GP was unbelievable. That was my second ever GP. Yeah, and what a GP! Just from everything went well with it. I imagine with from like the weather oh, to uh, actually the first year I didn't go because what was the first year you ran it? Two thousand and four. Two thousand and four was the first year we, we we yeah the first year I was. We did it
3: in the first year that I was involved. Then the Chamberlain brothers picked up after the, Rob Bradley, who started that RTT Honda team. Yeah, he then didn't continue with it, so uh, Mark took it over along with Craig Alwell and, and did it for '05. And we had two GPs that year, didn't we? Because we had one at Matchem. Yeah. Well, so. that's the
1: two I done. Which, how, well what year was that?
3: The first ever GP on the other white. Yeah,
1: 04. '04. So I'd have been fourteen. I remember going to that with my dad and all of his mates, and. For some weird reason, they thought that if they all crowded round me, they would be able to get me into the lap dancing club. <laughs> really? <laughs> we just got stopped and, at the door. And? Did you? No, I didn't oh. get in. They stopped me.
3: You should have come and seen me. I'd have got, I'd have got <laughs> I got all golden tickets. <laughs> was you in there? Well, that was the thing. Was the next day. S-
2: security. Was imprinting. I in there? I wouldn't come up with the idea of having even it. Mean and then didn't like that, I meant like, was you there? sorting everyone out there were the passes you were the man to get in that's the, the thing is it when you start doing any kind of when you're involved in any kind of event people
3: just start hitting you up for passes all mm. the time and yeah. that obviously that particular one I can I can distinctly remember that idea coming to fruition it was we was having like a just a you know a team teams meeting talking about what we could do to be different and I just I literally threw it out there as, as a joke so I didn't really come up with the idea we were just talking about a load of things. And I and I just went, oh, I'll tell you what we should have. We should be joking, basically joking. Went, oh, we should have a lap dance tent. That would be bang on. You imagine that. And I <laughs> left it like that. That's the words I said. I can remember it. And Rob Bradley, who, who was, you know, doing the whole thing and, and basically putting it on, I could see his eyes just instantly, gl- like, glazed <laughs> up. And, he, and it it is like that Eureka thing. And he went, and he, he literally did that. Yes. <laughs> I went, well, can we? Can we? Well, of course we can. We can do anything we want. That's brilliant. Went, all right.
2: Okay. But it's almost, well, it didn't make the event, but it's just like one of those spectacles, isn't it? Like, just obviously, I was stories. young. I went there and I was racing, so I didn't go in. But it was like, even now, do you know, like, Ed's come out with that. I remember their strip club. Like, Yeah. There's two things they I remember. They did one at another race, though. Yeah, yeah. Matcham. Yeah. No, they did one at Matterley one year. Yeah. And... Was it? The, they had one at the second year, two thousand and five. Yeah, well, they they, hey? they continued it on.
1: Well, yeah. wh- whatever the next year was, I obviously didn't get in, and then Matty Basin, the yeah, Matty or whatever, and then I think I'd come with you at that point. Yeah. My dad and all of his mates again, obviously went, and it was a stamp on the wrist, wasn't it? And they said no, they didn't go, and I see them all trying to fucking rub this thing <laughs> off their wrist. Don't tell your <laughs> mum.
3: <laughs> there's two. There's two standout stories from the strip. Strip ten, I remember. One, we had. Chris Rose, Rocket Rose, come out because at the time he was one of the only guys in the UK that was doing fabrication work and built the freestyle ramps because we have got to have freestylers there like Jamie Squibb and all them lot. So we got him to to bring all his ramps over and we paid him cash. I th- I can't remember the figure. Uh, I don't know, it was probably like a grand or something like that. I don't think it was more much more than that. And <laughs> so, yeah, so we paid him cash. We had like a, a private... Um, like a private viewing, if you want to call it, on Thursday, as a test run through, but they were still sort of taking money. So we paid Chris in cash and literally by Saturday morning... He was he was asking people to lend him money. (laughs) Give it all away. (laughs) He absolutely excuse the the term spunked it all in in the in the tent. And the other one I remember is when there was a group of lads all like drinking down the bottom and just must have been mate. It was brilliant. It must
2: have been madness in in there. Oh, it's amazing.
3: Like Like, I can remember Caroli sneaking in and being
2: in there (laughs) on on the Sunday night.
3: but anyway, yeah, and there was these... Oh, well, it
2: even went through Sunday night oh, as yeah,
3: well. We were, yeah, that's the thing. Most people had to get, like... Yeah, uh, normally,
2: GP now, Sunday afternoon, they're stripping yeah. everything down. No, no, we, we kept it open. Because <laughs> they
3: wanted it, because they were loving it. The girls were making, like, an absolute killing.
2: Yeah. So, they you said know, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah so happening. we kept it, kept it running. But the other one I remember is they... There was a bunch of lads all sat at the bottom of the hill, you know, just lying down, like, drinking and, and having a laugh. And the minibus turned up, because they were obviously ferried from their hotel. But they were already, they, like, you know, dressed yeah. in, well, scantily <laughs> dressed, yeah. not a lot of dress. Uh, it was. I, I just wish. I wish I had a, a phone, mobile phone, or something back then, because when the when the slide door opened, and these lads saw all these girls coming out, the, the term. Oh, that's a terrible term, actually. It's derogative. But anyway, literally flies round shit. They they <laughs> they just they jumped up and they were just all round there, like trying to give it and give it all the large in front of the girls and trying to impress them. I was like, and you could just see the look on the girls' face
1: thinking, wait later, mate. You have to pay. I'm not talking to you now. <laughs> that's mean. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was great. Oh, well, let's move on before we end up talking about the wrong uh, the wrong yeah. sort of thing. So nothing wrong with that, Ed. After Rile White, it was Still moto? Because or or you, you started a team as well. When did you start your Yeah, team?
3: so uh, so I rode for Rob at RTT. That was part of my sort of deal to, to lay on the GP. because um, So did, you didn't race that GP, did you? No, but it was twofold. Rob was starting a team as well. Yeah. So I bought loads of my personal sponsors to the team, and that was the kind of trade-off. He would paid me a wage to be part of the organising team for the Isle of Wight, along with Julie Coyne, who started the club over there which we're, I'll bring Julie back into the conversation in a minute. So, yeah, so I basically rode for RTT as a fourth rider. So it was Nunny, Dugan, Luke Kennett, who Rob used to support on the Isle of Wight anyway, and then me, like a four-rider team. And it was a big thing. He wanted to go to town with it. We, got, we went off to California to do the photo shoot with Ray Archer and all that kind of stuff. But I brought like loads of sponsors to the table, like Animal, Globe, who I was with at the time, Muckoff, who I know really well, all those guys. And then did the GP. But then after the GP, I kind of thought, and it didn't, you know, for whatever reasons, Rob didn't want to continue with it. So it all just kind of stopped. And I thought, well, you know, I was still writing in the magazine at that time. And I thought, well, you know, I brought so much to the table to that team. Why don't I just do my own? Yeah. You know, and, and at the time, that off season as well, it must have been getting near and around the time where I started doing all the bike tests as well for still doing them for dbr but then so then i fell into doing it with moto and it just seemed the perfect time to start my own team so i started twisted seven team which was just me and brian mckenzie in the first year Yeah, i remember that so it's a good team
2: straight away because brian was at the top of his game then
3: yeah so that came about from doing a bike test in uh how do you pronounce it grovendonch or what's that big track that big in in germany the gravenbroich yeah that's it yeah sorry and um grovendonch whatever it was it? i don't know i can't remember in so many. And um Stevie Stevie Gutteridge was just there with the test as well and I remember just being sat on the tires um talking with him and he's like so what's your plans I'm like well I'm probably you know I'm pretty much done with like pro you know like pro level racing now I just want to do the media thing and ride for a bit of fun and I'm thinking about starting my own team. And without any hesitation because I you know obviously got a good good relationship with those guys he just went well we'll support that literally like that and then that I on the flight home I was like well that's it then I'm not gonna do it god can you imagine the paperwork and all yeah, the i <laughs> no, that have no. to go through now exactly so so Kawasaki got behind it and then I did that for three or four years I then quit in 2005 riding and then got Richard
2: Lawson in to effectively replace me so actually Brian was young at that stage really young yeah man. because I was thinking then and Brian's only retired well I don't know three four years ago now mm. all gone but he raced for so long, so yeah, I remember him, he was on a 252 straight, wasn't he? Yeah, that's what we started on, KX250s. The reason, he was already on a Kawasaki in riding for Team Green,
3: so that was a natural progression that Stevie sort of G suggested. But also, there was the K, I think it was called the KWS series back then, wasn't it? Yeah. And I went to one of them without my brother one time. Um, that's it, Kawasaki, after, the, after RTT, Stevie G lent me a 125 to race for a bit of fun that year. And that's how it kind of started. And uh, the bike, I, I, I nipped a ring or something like that. And I, you know, I've never been mechanically minded, mainly because the old man back in the day told me straight. And my old man was one of those, if he tells you, know, you, you do what he says type of thing. And he said, never worry about the bike. I'll always take care of it. If I don't, your brother will. So that's basically how it transpired. But he didn't come to that one. And the bike you know, just nipped up. <laughs> so I said, like, ah, oh, that's me done for the day. So I thought, oh, I'll just go up to the commentator. I remember Dobby winning that day, actually. Uh, it was at Dyington.
2: Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, and the old yeah, one out good. the back, yeah, it's a good track. And um,
3: so we put a, we put a call out over the you know over the PA to say like, can anybody help with a part or whatever? And to his credit, Bri not only come and helped, like as in to say he could like. Well, initially he's going to borrow his bike, but in the end he thought, well, I don't want to do that because he'll thrash it. So he ended up actually not only he actually repaired my bike, and I'm racing against him in the same race. I mean, how, how often? You know, so in between races between he motos down. he came over and stripped my bike down and put a new ring in it no way and then we lined up on the gate in the next race
1: did you beat him I think I might have done that <laughs> <laughs> It was actually there. quite a good
3: competition at the time say di- yeah because you say yeah, a, yeah it's better for the story we were at, we were at the obviously different yeah. ends of the spectrum he was a young rider coming through and had loads of ability and was super fast I was I had loads, loads of experience but was obviously getting slower so but anyway, and I always remembered that. So the minute I said about starting a team, I thought, well, I know who I'm gonna go to. We'll definitely yeah. get on board. And so that worked out really well.
2: And obviously we've been real good friends since. So with B C and all that, it was yeah. it was
3: good years. We had a good, real
2: good crack. I day. remember that. And then they Bri was always really good to me, same as BC. It was um, they just they always worked so well together, didn't yeah.
3: they? Yeah. Yeah. And so so we did that and then one winter, you know, of developing the team. We had one year where we went to Honda. Um, mainly because Billy was in Bry's ear because that's when Billy was riding for Cass, was it?
1: Yeah, it could have been Cass. On and he's team. like,
3: get, get Jeff to go and speak to Honda because then I can get you some special parts and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and we did. And we, you know, and the guys at Kawasaki were really cool with it. They're like, yeah, do what, do what you've got to do. If you think that's the way to go, go for it. And we did. And we had a pretty good year with them. And then, and then that hot support kind of stopped and we had one year on. Huskies, when they were still Huskies not owned by KTM. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, which didn't, didn't really work out. But then, out of the blue one winter, I just got a phone call from, from Steve saying, um, g- give Ross Burridge a call, he wants to speak to you. So I called, or Ross, or Ross called me, and they literally said, look, we really like what you do, would you stop running your team and come and run Team Green? Which is you where know? I started as well, Team yeah. Green. Yeah. Team Green's still a running thing now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm still doing it now, like eleven years later. I'm still still managing. I mean, it's now predominantly. It's gone like
2: different levels of support through the years. When I went in two thousand, well, I I wouldn't even know the year. Maybe two thousand. Team Green picked me up on a Kawasaki 85. So, um, but huge support back then. Massive, like to be part of Team Green when I was there was the pinnacle of youth. Like when you got on Team Green, you'd what was it? Full paid for everything? For no, bikes? not like. But it was just no, the best thing product. as a kid. Yeah, a lot of product. Like call up. I used to speak to Steve Guttridge every Monday morning. Hi, Steve. I won at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Just every Monday, I remember calling the reception at Kawasaki. Like, Hello, is Steve. There, please tell me. I can only Being imagine like, that phone call. <laughs> can you? Being like ten. I was only ten years old. Every morning, every Monday morning, I'd call Steve and tell him my results. um but you don't do that uh, now. He probably no. spoke better back then. Than he goes, yeah, now. I would He's have like, done that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would say, um, oh, can I get a new set? We had goat goggles at the time. And actually, That's when I right. signed for them, they had Fox. And then the year I started, we had Kenny. So that was a bit of a wounder because actually Fox, <laughs> I was good. And Fox was like, then sponsored me personally. And I got my first deal. And Steve was like, no, um, we, we wear Kenny now. And I'm like, ah, oh. and then anyway, I wrote we're Kenny, which is no problem. Um, cause it was, it was the best thing to be on as a kid. Yeah. Um, But I used to call Steve Guttridge every Monday, and he s I still speak to Steve all the time now. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was just funny how I used to call up. I mean, he'd know more what I used to say because I was so young, but... And then I'd ask, him, he's like, do you need anything? Do you need any tyres? And then I'd say, no, no. And then Dad was... Dad would be there like, why'd you that? say no? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like what, why'd you say no to the tyres? So we always need stuff. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to ask for anything. <laughs> oh, I bet you're
3: not like that now.
2: No, so, I'd always say yeah.
3: Yeah, and you're right, you know, and, and down the years, it's just, depending where the industry's at, budget or whatever, yeah. but they still predominantly want to make it uh, like a youth-only team. And, you know, and th- we've had a few really good years. We won a load of championships where there was more support. You know we had like Lewis Hall, Dylan Woodcock, Jed Etchels, Joel Rizzy, Bobby Bruce, they've all been on the team and all won sort of championships for us, you know. Yeah. So I think it's been 11 years and I think we've won a title. Last year was the only year we didn't win a title, in some description, national title. So yeah. it's gone all right, you know, but it's um, it's not getting any easier. But then that's the sport in general with, you know, budgets and stuff out there at
1: the moment. So, Is that the main light? crux of the thing budgets
3: yeah I'm sure the guys at Kawasaki would love to do more I'd love to do more with it you know it's, it's it's changed a bit because obviously back in the day Kawasaki was so when it started in the 70s with Alec Wright you know it's just you know the, the 100 class back then were literally all Kawasaki's and yeah. most of the 80 yeah. class yeah <clears throat> because they were the only guys really making it but now you know the 85 is still a good little bike you would have raced it and it is, and it's, it is, same, and it's it? a rel- it's, it's great bike, it handles amazing or whatever, but obviously, you know, they, they haven't kept developing that at the rate that KTM and Husky no, and, yeah. and those guys have, so sometimes having to sell that is, uh, you know, to riders, because they're so short-sighted, maybe not the riders, but the parents don't look at the long-term, you know, where, where you're going to end up and the support with a
1: manufacturer. Yeah. They just want quick results there and then. Yeah, because then if you followed it all the way through to factory yeah. Kawasaki, that's a proper uh, good buy. Yeah,
3: and they don't make a one hundred and twenty-five anymore,
1: which is which is
3: yeah, that, was, that is a real stumbling block for for Team Green. I know the guys at Kawasaki won't, you know, don't necessarily mind me saying it, but but it is, you know, it, we've got a hole there when we if we get a rider on an eighty-five, we have got to make them, not <clears> make them, politely ask them if they want to go straight to a two hundred and fifty because we can't put, you know, with yeah. Kawasaki, you can't. A, no. can't dress another bike and no. pretend it's a 125. Or so Bud Grayson do. Yeah, but I guess because that's not the official, you know, this is this mm. is Kawasaki UK's team so they can't be yeah. doing that. And it, it causes a bit of a problem but, you know, we've had good riders that make the jump straight to a 250. So, you know, we've got some good riders this year. So
2: Kawasaki don't make 125 at all anymore, no? No. Yeah, because obviously when I come up through, i yeah, done all the one. team green and then I went through 125. Yeah. i done it all. So, what's what jeff just mentioned there i was kawasaki 85 i actually was ktm 65 was the opposite then and then ktm i was the first rider in the uk to ride a ktm 65 and mm. I, there would be 39 kawasakis on the line 165 and that was me on it yeah. um and um and then there was no 85 so ktm said to me oh, you've got an 85 because i won this challenge thing or you can have a bike of your choice when when you when we make it for you so in the meantime, I went to Kawasaki eighty five and then I went eighty-five, small wheel, big wheel. That's right. One, two, five, raced through onto the progression team, like you says, onto Molson, Kawasaki. And then I actually left. But m- almost one of the things I wish I'd have stayed, because then Molson went to Tom Church, mm. or was always um the churches that owned that team. But then they went from one team and I went to Factory KTM, which is always the dream. Yeah. But yes. they also made um their team got huge that next year so it was just one of those things that was m- my time was sort of up I got the offer from Factory KTM but the way Kawasaki ran their program which is still on now it yeah. worked
3: it's still you know it's got the history it's got the heritage you know it's arguably the most successful youth team in British motocross and it, that, I didn't hesitate at all when Ross called you know because I grew up in an area where team green dominated and just yeah. to be asked just to be asked was an honour so I, I literally just you said, know yeah. like Rob I thought the idea of the Strip 10 was a good idea, I literally bit Ross's hand off and went, well, yeah. Because at that time, the, my Twisted 17 was, you know, going good or whatever, but it's hard work. It's, it's yeah. hard, It takes a lot of effort. Not that I'm against effort, but hard work, you know, to find the resources to do it. And then all of a sudden, somebody's offering to pay you to do what you were doing anyway and not have the pressure of going out and finding all the sponsorship. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So I'm, as I said, I'm still doing it to this day. So um, I love it, you know, and the, particularly... Work at, you know when when you get older, um, and then you can start seeing how you used to be, and then working with yanks. It's just it's just liberating, it? they you know because they make so many mistakes. They're full of back chat. The banter, you know, loads of piss taken. It's, it's brilliant, you know, it keeps me on the yeah, toes. That
1: reminds me of Dylan Woodcock when Absolutely. he was in America. There you go,
3: there you go. You've Just experienced it.
1: Chatting the most shit at 16 years, no yeah. less. What was he when I seen you out there on an 85? He was 14. We were, I 14, think we were getting ready yeah. for, to go and do yeah. the
3: Monster Cup. Yeah.
1: The Super Mini. But they're
3: all me. the
2: same, the kids at Matacross. We can walk around now. And when well, I you, were, you would have been the same. Yeah, I was the same. And you've got the little camera out; they're all shouting and screaming, That's and exactly all, so, it. all mouthy, all yeah, they're all nuts. And you get you couple You obviously there's all so many different types of kids, but they're funny when you're. It at takes the races it takes
3: them. a you know a lot to run any team, but when you I think when you run a youth team, and if you <clears> if you've lived it and you've been a rider, you know, and seen, and then f- fallen into the industry of the media and everything, and you kind of got a better world view, like. It's it's the, the micromanagement working with the rider and, and the parent that is the most time consuming. Yeah, you know, like sometimes it, it, it's it's educating in the many cases down also. the year the parent more than the kid because you know yeah, like, the oh kid's yeah we're doing this we're gonna get and you're just like mm, it's, you, you. Oh, because we do such a job with a good job in promoting the sport in many ways people don't see the backstory and actually it's not all you know like all
2: like roses you know no, it's, the, it's all smoke the and mirrors a lot. Yeah, you're just like oh, we got this,
1: and we we're doing this, and you just well, going, can we get this, or you're just shaking. Why aren't your head we going, getting that? What, and like, it's why, strange why though, we, isn't it? Because in any other sport, it's motorsport, I would say, not that I'm an expert, but Formula One, MotoGP, all of that. It's sort of when you sign for one of the pinnacle teams or something like that, the parents almost get discarded. Yeah, like, no, but I think it's, it's bad in anything. I can imagine it is, but it seems the way that's like they're pretty much. This is how it's worked. Yeah,
2: like in motocross, it's just the, the parents, especially ones that haven't been involved but even once they've been involved you the things they come out with because they want the best for their kid but they don't always know what the best is it's true and on top of that
3: they they do think that this sort of pot at the end of the rainbow is bigger than way bigger than what it actually is so they think well you know why aren't we getting this you should be getting factory engines we're getting this number of bikes what you're like Yeah, someone's on. Got to pay. there's riders winning British championships at the, the MX1 or MX2 class that aren't getting that yeah but they they're under the illusion that they they are getting way more than that and yeah. they should be getting the same you know and, and obviously you go to America where there's arguably more industry support and then you hear stories of the youth riders over there getting, you know on like a monster army program and getting paid money at the, they're like well why aren't we doing that well if we had the money to do that yeah I'm, well, I'm sure we would you know back when Alec Wright started it you know if you just think alone the amount of bikes that Kawasaki were selling in the in the hundred class alone almost would have easily tr- probably tripled quadrupled the budget we're working on now because it's all relevant to the number of yeah. bikes that they're selling yeah. so it's um it's a minefield running a youth team but i do i do love it yeah because if you have one or two if we just get one or two every few years that comes through and actually goes on to do something you're like okay you'd like to think that you've have done it. a little bit of that to, to get them where they are so it's, it's rewarding mm. it's really rewarding yeah
2: and then now with the it's a bit like current times you were obviously involved in the mx nationals as well and the series and what do you see of that through i know you've done some bits and pieces on your own channels yeah. before <clears throat> how it is now for the youth like what can be done or what oh, do you think because right that we get yeah i see it from my side i see what there's a lot of negative things but also with the mx national championship and even the british championship how they're running now i think it's quite good as such and there's so much media in the in the UK now with people doing videos and marketing. I mean, I think whether it comes back around, but what's trying to be done, I think is quite good I, for the kids.
3: Yeah, obviously I've got more involved. I started off doing the commentary with the MX Nationals, but now <coughs> actually more involved, you know, and, and, part, of, and the, part of the team, integral part of the team with trying to drive it forward. Um, but I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, you, you know, whether it's the MX Nationals, the Revo British Championship, all all these other things. Now, this is the way I see it, now more than ever, like, we should be as an industry just really focusing on making a brilliant domestic scene because, you know, there's so many riders that we said to go and chase the GP dream and whatever and we were talking about it before we came on. It's, it's just getting harder and harder to do that. There's no sort of structure. You know, like I said, beginning of the show, you had to earn the right to go there before by through a strong domestic scene. So that's gone all out the window. And and obviously in front for... And I don't blame them because it's they want to elevate the sport, but it's also a business. Yeah. So there's way more GPs than there ever was before. It's getting harder, like you said, as a GP, right? It's arguably one of the reasons maybe you you, know, you stop because of the travelling and, and just everything. It's, it's bonkers. So if we had like everybody working together and that's the key thing that's what
0: hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts they said what the f are you talking about you insane hollywood ass? In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra.
3: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Makes it so difficult. Personal agenda, politics, whatever you want to do. But I wish people would, for the greater good of the sport, I know it's never easy and the world's not like that. But if we did and built an absolutely got everybody in the industry working together on dates, so there's no date clashes, and say, right, let's make an unbelievable scene in the UK for these kids and give them a platform to get good enough. And so they don't have to keep chasing, you know, to go and do this European thing It's getting harder and harder. Make them good enough in the UK, and then we can sort of springboard from that. Because, like you said, the, the, ta- the talent's there, and the opportunity there, you know, with more media, and the MX, you know, now we've got the live stream thing going on, not only with the MX Nationals, but also with the Revo. It's, it's like we should be concentrating at home to get TV, like get motocross to a wider audience in the, in the UK. And then we might start getting, you know, genuinely outside brands from the sport to go, I like this. You know, this is, this is kind of cool because they're seeing it on live streams yeah. and whatever yeah. and go, actually, there's a kid there that I want to sponsor. He's really cool. And you've got more chance then of getting a financial sponsor through being seen in the UK that might go, do you know what, I'm going to bankroll your career and get you to GPs. Yeah, there is. If, th- if if you were making a good UK scene, that's that's the point I'm trying to make.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's pretty tricky, like, in terms of, you, like you said, getting everyone together and getting everyone to do the same thing. Do you think that there's, like, a bit of a, too much of a competition between MX Nationals, Revo, all trying to be better than each other rather than trying to help each other?
3: Yeah, you know, obviously down the years for whatever I wear many caps, so I try to be diplomatic as much as I can. I guess that's why I've ended up in the position that I am. Like I don't always shoot from the hip. Maybe I should, but it it absolutely we're getting to a like almost critical point. Like just it has to happen because 'Cause we've got so much going on. Just for once, just just sort of wind egos in, you know. And if you are a real fan of the sport, which everybody says they are, that are running all these do you know what? why don't you just hire a conference room once a year and all get together and just openly discuss the state of the sport in the UK and how you can work together to to make it better. You're going to have to have date clashes because there's so many things going on, but compromise on them. Choose a date clash where maybe it doesn't, it would help a rider that's going to go and do the EMX or something. Don't put a date on, you know, all those kind of things. And it's just like... It is,
2: it is hard at the same time. There is so many GPs. That's yeah. one of the problems. So many GPs, so many Europeans, and then the, the British Championship Series. So I sort of see both sides that. I see if I was racing, it's hard, because when I was at GPs, my focus was GPs, but I was at a level where the teams paid me to focus solely on GP. So there was years from 2008 till 2000, uh Sixteen, I didn't race the British Championship, yeah. so there's six years there. I'd I done the odd one um, just to get a bit of race practice in before the series. Um, but someone that's in a different position that's racing for a UK team, there's not many now. We only have Comrade. So I think there almost needs to be until there's that. If, you, if you've got a ride that's fighting for a world championship, also racing in England, it's not going to happen much anymore. No. They're not going to be fighting. If they're fighting for a world championship – there are teams going to say, look, focus on the World Championship. Yeah, I think we've got
3: to a point where you've got... You, at that level, you even make a decision because of just the number of GPs. When I was... You know, there was 12 GPs a year. So you could fit a domestic British Championship Easy. around that. Some federations and people have adapted. The Italian Championship, for example, they just... whack theirs. They, 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 they do it before. It's still, it's still a national championship. You and just and get a, it all there down. is still a championship in the middle of the year as well. Yeah, but they... So then they're not condensing the calendar no. trying to fit... All this traveling around, so just maybe that train of thought is the way forward. You know, maybe we do have less less rounds, and you bookend the GPS with them, and 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 just think more about the, the bigger picture. Uh, Listen, no, I it's like politics; it's you're never gonna yeah, you're never to please everybody. Yeah. You,
2: you're just not. I think the UK needs to focus on the UK. Uh, exactly. But I'm saying that from now, where I'm only in the UK. If I was racing the, um, okay, so yeah, throw there that was that question a point in my then. career when I rode for Dixon. Um, when I come back from Factory KTM in 2015, road for Dixon, Kawasaki UK funded a lot of my um, wage. Yeah. So they says, yeah, no problem, we'll pay you this, but we want you to race the British Championship and win the British Championship for us. So at that point, it was, it was as important for me. Uh, well, I just had to race in England. So um, as well as GPs, which wasn't a problem. I'd done I was doing good at GPs, and um, we yeah, won. It the would British have been a problem if it clashed. Yes, what I mean. So at that point in my career, I needed yeah, to you've do had both. to make a decision. Yes, but I wouldn't. Have, so I would wanted what, to miss what, a GP what, at that point either. What
3: would Tommy Sell sat here right now, advise well, young Tommy Sell. If he walked through the door right now, saying, "Right, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to concentrate
2: well, on EMX or no?" Because at that year, I would. My heart was still in GPS. Yeah, um, but at this stage, we've not got really anyone in it. No, but I'm just saying. So, so for
3: example, if if you were mentoring a kid. That was showing potential ah, then in the UK. GP. No, I meant a real like as in '85 cc yeah. What would you would you say? Look, don't, <coughs> don't just get yourself over to mainland Europe as much as you can. Don't bother with racing the domestic stuff. Um,
2: that's the thing. <coughs> it's hard. Tri- yeah, really tricky. I mean, I think if they're, it's so hard to get that kid that's that focused. I mean, if they're, I wouldn't say go to mainland and ride in Holland in the sand if they're getting thirtieth place and yeah. mentally getting beat down every weekend. Exactly. I would say get your confidence up. Race win, but also go and do a little bit. I think you need to be around good riders to improve. You know,
3: a good a good thing. I'm not saying this would definitely work. It's just sort of as we sit here throwing ideas out. You know, maybe we go back to some kind of grading system, even for the kids to go and do the EMX through a national championship. It's not really like, oh, obviously, parents or the ones that have got good backing, or you know, they can go and get to do it. But maybe we just say, look, you know what? You actually have to in the in the British Championship in the kids classes. You've got to be in the top. Six in the one two five or eighty five before you can before you can yeah, you even go and do, yeah EMX. So <clears> then, <throat> so then like you you you're focusing on that and getting the level up in the UK. Again. I think they
1: do that in a in a similar fashion in the road racing. I'm not a hundred for sure, but that Red Bull rookies cup. I think you have to qualify yeah. in a way to be selected to go and, and not do only it.
3: that. If you if you kind of did that, you know, then maybe the ACU would you know like the, the, the help the trip. Yeah, because you're not you got you haven't got random kids who've just got they've been going because they've got more resources you know mm. and that's easier because you are no you're sending you're sending your
2: the yeah, best, your best of the best and to be the, there you've already achieved something exactly
1: so i've got a pretty wild idea which oh let's
2: hear it Ed, i love wild ideas uh,
1: i don't know I'm, how you'd police it but can't um, get it's a not i got it's, up not, top it's top this weekend. Weekend. too late no it's into not on easter <laughs> it was more like a i know they already do do a designations and a junior designations but more of a not a designations as such, but like a um, like a regional. Do they do anything regional? Like, no, not really a big regional cup. So like, the South sends the best motocross riders. The North sends it, and then some form of budgets or but you get funding. you get like a
3: just sort of club regional team events. But you don't get
1: like a, like yeah. a
3: Loretta's. That's yeah. one other idea that's been thrown about. You know, like is are we putting? You know, there's so many championships to
2: go for, and the kids are getting pulled all over the place. They love it. They that's like a little bit more less this year though yeah from what i see at one stage i was like six and i looked at every kid's instagram and they was all british champion and i was (laughs) like well you all british champion (laughs) there's six of them that have got in their thing british champion i was like well when i'd done it there was bsma and there was acu and acu was the main one yeah if you won the acu you was british champion
3: that's why it goes back to saying getting everybody in the room because i I think we're too far gone now We, we got we got so many different federations and different championships you know to get it back to one, you, people are just going to have to go by the wayside. So I think we're almost too far gone. So you've got to go, okay, well, what do we do? Because it's spiraling out of control. Like there's, you're almost like you get people now just going to do, they would almost choose, oh, he's doing that one. Yeah, I'll do the other one. So I'm going to do the other one because I might win that. And it's, it's like, so you haven't got that. It's not developing riders. It's
2: not, you know, you're kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're when they go to the game. European Championship, exactly. <clears throat> their head falls off. Yeah. It just falls off. Like I've seen, I know kids in the UK that are really good riders. You watch them, you see them practice, and you think, brilliant rider. And then they go to the European, and they struggle because the the levels, they're all such good riders, Then it comes down to which rider's comfortable and under that in that condition. There's not a lot, at the moment, British kids that are comfortable in that environment, but I think that's one of the things that, I don't know, even myself, if you work with a kid, yeah, you can do it, but I don't think there's one, there's one explanation to get good in that. No. Some kids have either got it or they haven't, that's one so. thing. I think, but
3: what I'm saying is we don't seem to be other than on forums. You know, the the powers that be aren't having this conversation sat down, the ones that can actually make a difference and change it. They're still just saying staying segregated and all just going off doing their own thing. Right now, we've probably thrown out two or three ideas in 10 minutes. You know, that that the people that can make the changes need to all get together. Do you know what? If nothing comes of it. Everybody else in the industry would go, well, okay, at least, at least you did
2: it and give it a go. Mm, but yeah. come on, like I do think at the same time it's good now with the with the ACU and uh, with the British Championship and the MX Nationals, two great series. Is I think so. I yeah, think yeah. it's um. It I needs really two at the minute. It, yeah, it, does. you know,
3: it doesn't? I don't think it's, one is strong enough. And for somebody like yourself now, that's racing in the UK. To, you know, because that British Championship would then have to clash with GPs on certain dates. So, and if you start well in one or whatever, I think there's definitely room for yeah, two, two solid,
2: too. like domestic championships. And with how they do, one's a little bit different. One's yeah. the fastest 40, exactly. one's British Championship, MX1, MX2.
1: Um, I think the best thing that's come out of all of that in the last two years is the live stream, though. Yeah. It's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, it's
2: been going all right.
1: Because it gives, like, I mean, so MX Nationals
2: pushed that, and then the British Championship have also jumped on.
3: Yeah, well, actually, I, what I remember, Gareth did it first with an event down at Little Silver. Um, I think it was a pay-per-view thing. But what really kind of rocketed that forward is when the MX Nationals put their head on the chopping block and ran through COVID where others didn't. Yeah, And they, and they basically, to make people see it, everybody was stuck at home. That's when they introduced it. And the first two were pay-per-view, but they went off really well. You know, they, they streamed well. There wasn't any hiccups or anything like that. And then obviously off the back of that, Neil and Paul went, well, do you know what? We need to get this scene to more people. So, rather than do it pay for view, let's do it free for view. And of course, that's what's just put it out
2: there now. It's, yeah, it's like the numbers
3: are coming in, and yeah, everybody's getting to see it. Because see it I'm know.
2: not sure if they do that abroad, but that's what I think. I think the UK championship's brilliant, and I don't. I think you can talk about it round and round in circles, and you're you're not really going to get anywhere because everyone has done for ages. It's mm. only the people that can do it. But I think as far as it goes, it's it's healthy. Yeah, like he says, it's hard for the the end goal at the minute to see who's going to make money and get mm. to the top. But Like you said, you need someone really, really well, good. Well, like right now,
3: for example, the A... So the, the MX Nationals has now
2: gone back to, to ACU.
3: It it was with Nora for a little while. It went back to the ACU this year because of all the stuff that happened last year where there was date clashes and which didn't help anybody. I'm not, you know, I'm not finger point or whatever. It, it, I'm just stating the facts. It happened. We had an MX Nationals the same weekend as the British Championship. like, oh... how has that happened yeah that was outrageous so it's now you know so you just love to think regardless of what the Bridgestone do you know and Colin does a good job and the service of Darren and all them they're all there's a championship and the AMCA there's loads of stuff but certainly the MX Nationals and and Revo you know if they're if they're sort of marrying up a bit better and, and getting the dates right that fit around EMX and whatever then we've got a real good chance of getting young riders back on track to be well, I would say, uh, to get to a standard where they can go and do the EMX and get used to it. Because we've had so many good riders that have come through and, like I said, go there. And just for whatever reason, that they're yeah, not... I
2: don't know the reasons. Like, well, people say, why aren't, they, why aren't they just coming up through like they once did? Yeah. Is it just a, <coughs> a phase or is there a reason for it or it's just a not? whole
3: lot of structure. The, the, how we fit the races in, they don't race the same schedule. You know, you look at the French Federation, the Spanish, the Italian... They all take riders there with genuine support, and I know they might get some of it off government backing and all that, which maybe we don't. But still, they go there organized with yeah. a, with a with the federation right behind them. Is it any wonder that, that France has won as many nations as it has of late? When you know, if you go back towards when I was sort of quitting riding and packing up, that's when they were starting to build that federation, and that you saw a French presence at GPs way more with like young riders and nurturing them. And then they just, they just now it's like a bloody,
2: you know, conveyor about isn't it? It's just year after year. Yeah, one after definitely. another. Yeah, and, and the, little, the young Italians that are coming up now again. Yeah. Like, um, well, you've got Ferrato, you've got uh, that young one that got a third but you at the see first them, race. Then,
3: yeah. What I mean is you see, you see them at the races. at the, the, the federation, yeah. they're there, like they're all walking around, they Italian, you know. It's, there's yeah, there's support coming from the federation. Yeah, so that, that's something what I think we, I mean, literally you could feel could feel a podcast every day of the week talking
1: about it. Well, why don't we change the subject then? (laughs) Okay. And why don't we talk about your event, Rocket Till Sundown, which is probably a bit more of a chilled, fun... uh, It is. So,
3: yeah, where do I start with this? So, Steelhawk Motorcycle Club. I come up with a name like I did with Twisted 7 and everything. That all stemmed from the GP back in 2004. Mm -hmm. That's where it started. It's been like 18, 17 years in my head. So we did what we did over there with Julie. Julie Coin started the, or was Integral in running the the motocross club on the Isle of Wight, Vector's club. Yeah. And then obviously we worked together on the on the GP. We was an integral part of that, sort of sitting under Rob doing what we were doing. And I can remember actually, um, two days after the GP, we were, we was at Gore Basin, and we were just talking throughout the GP, went and whatever, and again, kind of throwaway comment, we sort of just said, you know, one day we should we should do our own little events. But so that that's actually where it started. Two days after the GP in 04. yeah, and then 17 years went by, literally. <laughs> you know, I'm like, when the hell did that happen? <laughs> just never seemed to find the time to think, okay, let's do it now. But you know, and then all of a sudden in, in 2017 or whenever it was, um, I thought, I think I'm, I we're ready to do this. You know, so I've sort of rang Julie. who was doing. She went on to do festivals. She does catering at like Glastonbury, Isle of Wight, all those things. So she's got a load of really good experience with event management. You know, when you when you're doing stuff for massive festivals like that, the red tape and all stuff you have got yeah, to go through. Yeah, what you need because that's the one side of it. I I yeah, straight away we have to understand. rule that out. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I oh, listen. I
2: come. I come up with ideas and concepts for events and do the fun shit. That's <laughs> what you don't see with Dixon, like running Matley Basin. Yeah, that's the behind the scenes stuff. It's just unbelievable
1: what it has to go through. Yeah. I remember so he told stuff. us before when this, in the summer they have to cut the grass to a certain thing so that the grass doesn't hit the bottom of the parked car so the car might set on fire. Yeah.
2: So like, honestly, he <laughs> only does it with a push along, <laughs> <laughs> like forest company. Yeah. The <laughs> um
3: There is so much more to it running an event that people, you know, just, they haven't got in the in the nicest possible way. They haven't got a clue. Yeah. And yet, you know, if you have to do one little thing wrong, obviously, you know, keyboard warriors and all that, and you just think, God, you know it's easy it's so easy to criticize and yet the effort just to put on a practice day let alone a a race meeting or an event so anyway so yeah that's how it came about and then I thought right started thinking of ideas of events we can do and I just thought well an easy one to get us started would be a midweek we midweek motocross you know because I looked at the calendar again you know what we were saying how it's just so rammed. rammed but where do we fit into that so surely it's better to just do a midweek motocross, get a decent bit of prize money on it, get the pros there, and do like a shorter format. And and we did that down at a little track called Tinkleton down in Dorchester for the first year. And it, it, it was just awesome, you know. Jason Lewis, a good friend of mine, used to race, you know, through his uh, through his company, put a load of money up. And um we were off and running, you know, like Elliot Elliot won it, I think, the first year. But, you know, and, and, and that was it. And it kinda in no time at all, it kind of cemented itself because it was short punchy format and we try and do different things differently like last year we introduced a joker lane that's not my idea I, you know the strip tent is <laughs> joker lane wasn't i just looked at the monster cup and just thought well why, why has nobody ever done that in the uk because it's something different it makes it exciting yeah, it so, does
2: make something yeah. like that makes it exciting because if you follow someone all race and then a little joker lane, it's just different isn't it yeah. Different it's exciting
3: so so we've established ourselves with that that's kind of been our our blue ribbon event that's got us going and then of course over the years now, three or four years, started rolling out the other, the other ideas. So last year we did our first hill climb. Uh, that was another idea of mine. I thought, from watching on any Sunday, I thought, why don't we do a hill climb? But why do they stop at the top? Why don't we have it so you get to the top and then you snarl them back down? So you do a straight line up and then you do... And it, And I thought, and then we got there to this, this place, Buckland-Newton in and Dorset, and I laid all the track out. We didn't advertise that a lot because I wasn't sure if it was going to work and then literally was there I was thinking God I don't know it's too late now people starting to roll in the gate this could, <laughs> is, is this a good idea is this going to end badly or what after practice you know we had people going up there on road bikes and that's the thing because we're not we're not we're a motorcycle club we're not necessarily going to do just motocross only yeah, events yeah whatever and Everybody after the practice run just came down, just like, oh, mate, that is so much fun. Oh, see, and I didn't even know about that. Event. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was so good. It's literally just a four or five race up a hill, go down a valley, you G out at the bottom, and you go up, and then you literally come back down, like hustling bars, coming down and whatever. So we're doing that again this year on June the 11th, I think it is. And of course, That'd we did. a good our... vlog, that. Yeah, you should come and do it. Well, you probably can't, you probably couldn't, but it it is good. Um, Why can't I? Just because Dave went. Well, like I don't know. I'm only thinking dates. With what you got on? Um. Really. So yeah, I'm doing it this year on, on that triumph I've been racing, and I'm going to get because we're having a moped class this year, so I'm going to do it on a moped.
2: <laughs> so the hills, you can not do that it, steep.
3: You want. it is quite steep. Last year we had a moped class, and some of them it was brilliant because they get all the momentum. We we build a BMX style drop down off, off the because it's in a valley, so we dug a hill, dug a platform in halfway up one hill, so you drop off. And then you get all the momentum down the first hill. Then obviously you've hit the valley at the bottom and then you've got the real long drag. So the moped class last year was brilliant. They were all kind of hustling off the gate and then carrying a load of speed and then they just got like a quarter of the way up the hill and it's just like somebody throwing an anchor on them. They were all just
1: like, <laughs> you know, trying to get... I'll to have it. a so look. It was so that's be style, funny, that's it? a Saturday. I've just looked at the day. It's Saturday, yeah. Because
3: yeah. again, we didn't want to run on a Sunday because there's people... So a lot
2: of motocross, uh, right, like a lot of... Top right, no top riders has done that last year. More of a fun event,
3: yeah. More of a fun event. Tricket came along, he did it.
1: That's a Billy Bolt event yeah. if I've ever heard. Oh of yeah, yeah. He'd yeah, love he, that. Oh, he'd love it. He'd really. He'd want to do it on every bike. You can going. see.
3: It. I mean, obviously, we got we filmed it. It's on our website steelhawkmc.cc and on YouTube. So yeah, go go and have a look at it. I'll so we're doing that. that, and then last year we introduced the Supercross cusses, you know, which is which is we. For me, that's. having been involved with the arena cross with Matt. And then, obviously, for for various reasons, Matt's not doing that anymore. Probably, you know, COVID and, and whatnot. But we we spoke about it actually and sort of said, you know, that's that's like a high end show because it's bringing people in cities out, and mm. you have got to pay for an arena and you've got to build the circuit and whatever. And I'm like, but surely we should have like a. And me and Matt spoke about it. You know, it's not it's not like um, we didn't run it by him, and just said, you know, we should have a. a a UK series that's sustainable, you know, and, and just runs in the summer. Yeah, and again, like France. Yeah, exactly.
2: France have a huge series. Yeah,
3: it doesn't have to be in a stadium. It doesn't have to be an arena. Just outdoors in the summer, we get good. We get good summers, and again, so that's what we're doing. We've done it last year. It went really well. Jack Brunel won it, but he got involved obviously because like
2: did a memorial trophy for his old man. So that so that's yeah, that was a really st- nice. that yeah. he won as well. Yeah.
3: He wanted it, though. He won that fair and square.
2: Yeah, no, I see. Because we have good riders in Supercross. Like, for that sort of track, there's a little, there's a Supercross, like a group of riders in the UK that focus mainly on the, that they used to do the arena cross, but good riders. Mm. So if someone like myself go to step in and try and race, hard to beat those guys. Well, yeah. They're they're just good at it. well well no, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you come and did the arena cross,
3: you know, those guys are doing it. They're doing it. They're on it. So it, that went really well. Justin sort of revamped the track that he's had there for ages. Um, we got that's, some
2: a, that's a good little, because it just works. I think, you sh- can you not do a couple of rounds? Because yeah. remember when Chamberlain um, so done that one? Yeah. And i done that. i done it on a, what did I do? We had, Saturday afternoon. Up, we had to rush up to Hawkstone, yeah. didn't we? Saturday afternoon, and I drove to Hawkstone before, and then raced Hawkstone. Mm. That was a mega race. So I'm going to... I'll I'll use this platform to go out on a limb. Basically, we're
3: doing another one this year, which is on uh, Tuesday the 9th, because it's the day before the motocross. So we've put it together like a little mini festival. Ah,
2: Day before MX Nationals? No,
3: a day before our rocket till sundown. Oh, okay. So you literally do this, this, you can do the Supercross on the Tuesday, and then you do the motocross on the Wednesday, both at Cusses. So you do the Supercross on the Tuesday, and then the motocross is the day after on the motocross track. But... um, you all, know
1: all of this is if you don't want to race you can go and spectate oh absolutely yeah,
3: yeah. 100% yeah yeah, yeah all, the, all the info would be on the, on the website because like I said last year we had a good turnout we ran the kids in the daytime
2: didn't you even have a little strider race
3: we had a strider race which was amazing like oh, Re- if, they, if they
1: win the the Red Line motorcycles KTM yeah, perfect yeah. They can come they can, and race it.
3: They can come, well, they can come and have was a Was it striders or was it... The it was little Revy electric Revis. balance bikes. So we're doing loads of that again. That's really taken off. Because this year, at the start of the year, we did an, a mini bike race down at Wilden called Farm Boy Bash. Was that Steelhawk? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that, so basically building the whole Steelhawk events profile, really. So we did Farm Boy Bash at the beginning of the year, in February. Bayliss and Booker came down and raced that. Yeah, I see that. So it was indoor mini bike supercross and then the little Revy balance bikes. But, yeah, so we're doing the Supercross, uh, but for 2023, we're going to turn it into a, a series. You know, we we kind of put the feelers out after the first one last year, but everything we do, we've worked on the whole pretense that we don't over-promote it in its first year because it just puts pressure on, and we don't actually even know how it's going to work out. So we didn't shout a lot about the Supercross last year. We just kind of, like, shouted enough of it to get the riders in and do it, but didn't really... Plaster it everywhere, yeah. and it went really well. So we're going to build on that, and then twenty twenty three, we're going to turn it into a, a basically a UK Supercross series, summer series that will run in the summer school holidays, so the kids could, you know, they're all. off oh, home that's perfect idea. And again, run it in the week. We're not. We've got no. Maybe we'll run the final round on a Friday or something, so some more people can come out. But not run it on a weekend because you just you are just going to be fighting for a date in a calendar. And we want to we want to have it so people can finish work. You know, rush down there, and or wherever it's they like are. You said summer evenings, watch a two good or three hours. Yeah, watch two or three hours of short, sharp racing. Have a like a beer and a hot dog or a burger. Easy to follow. Have a great night and go home. That's it. You yeah. know, and that's 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 for us. The the whole calendar is saturated with motocross, but the whole ethos of going back to the original question: is started Steelhawk because we? I just wanted. I, I, because maybe because of who I am and my GP career and everything, I just what, like you know it's all too it's all too serious. Yeah, it's no, got I a completely
2: bit, agree. It's all got a bit. One-off races are good. Yeah, one-off events mate, takes the pressure off the kids. They can go, they can race, you can
1: have fun. Um, cause I, I like the idea of the the midweek uh, into the into the well when the sun comes down, rockets till yeah. sundown. Because yeah, yeah, well that was the whole idea. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, So I came up with that name for because I my initial thought was having been to the Mini Os and Mammoth thought it'd be great to do a little midweek festival so i tried to come up with a name that yeah. could take us outside of motocross and be, could, could literally become also a little music festival off the side of it yeah, yeah. hence the name yeah. yeah so so that's where we're going with that we want to turn eventually like rocket till sundown that whole week will probably be in 2023 it'll probably be like a little midweek festival where we'll have supercross um you know The motocross, we probably have a mini bike rate, you know, over three or four days, and do it like that for twenty twenty three. But we're
2: definitely going to.
3: Our aim is to turn it into a UK Supercross scene, you know, like that's that's
2: what we're really pushing towards. Summer, like a summer, summer. just summer. Hopefully, the arena cross comes back.
3: Exactly. This is not treading on anything. I'd love Matt to come back. Yeah, me too. I
2: think. I think I I really hope he does. I said on another episode, it's a shame that the UK. The young, even the young kids don't support that yeah championship. Like, they're, they're like, oh, no, I'm focusing on outdoors. And, like, you can do both as a kid. Of course you can at I mean, that time of me. year. and 12 ex- years old, just go race Supercross, get a skill set, enjoy racing, a bit of pressure, because it is quite a lot of pressure mm. in front of the fans. I mean, I raced it but as you, a kid you, all the way what through. You just said there, though, in
3: front of the You know, like,
2: we had some arenas where we had, like, you
3: know, five... To 7,000 people in there, you, yeah. you know, with all due respect, you're not going to get that at a Revo or a, a MX Nationals. anymore. No, those don't. days are gone. I remember, why, especially now with the live stream, you know, so the footfall to actually ride in front of that many people with all the lights, the pyrotechnicians. You that know, of happen. course, I was involved with it, you know, and we've both known Matt long enough. It, you know, there's not many people that could have done what he'd done. You no, know, Matt's it,
2: good it, at events,
1: he, he does.
3: You know, having that's worked big with ball him, stuff as well. Oh my god! You know, again,
1: like big balls laying all that out, like the organization bringing over the French riders, everything.
3: People don't, again, they take it for granted. When you're when you're in the inner circle and you're working with him and you're privy to those conversations, you're like, rather you than me, mate. And and I can sit here now and say with Steel Hawk, you know, that's not a place where we want to go. Yeah, I'm telling you <laughs> now, that we, stress. you won't see us going to say let's go and run in an arena or anything but what we do want to do is build a, a little sustainable supercross series in the UK that runs in the summer that's, that's affordable it,
2: it should be that the kids come all the top kids come and race it yeah. like, why wouldn't they I just don't get that when I was a kid there was anything I could race I would race do you know now I think that's a little bit when the kids they don't want to race races where other fast kids are no. That's what right. we said earlier. They can't. Like, well, yeah, I'd just race, 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 race. Every 50 weekends a year, we'd load up in a little van after Dad would go and we'd just race. Yeah. And I think that's why now I've always been able to race. Do you know? We never, we never hid away from anything. I'd done like when there was a Supercross. Do you remember a Supercross in Ipswich, that stadium? What was that yeah. called? It was a stadium right that. by Jake Nichols' yeah, house. So I drove called? past it the other day.
3: Yeah, well, Yeah, I went to drive in there not long ago, but the gates were locked. I um, can't remember, but yeah, but this before you started riding, they used to have uh, Supercross on, it was televised on, on what was called back then, while well, ITV was TVS, Television South, at Matchams.
2: Yeah, I remember. So I grew up
3: the that. YouTube. So that's where, my, that's where my motivation came from. I remember t- racing Matchams Winter Series in that track, yeah. the Supercross track being there. Yeah, it had a, like an up and over bridge, that was in like the mid 80s. And um, so that was really where my inspiration came from and talking it through with like Paul... So basically, Paul Alton, who runs Dirt Hub, is also the third partner in Steelhawk. So it's it's Paul, me and Julie. And that's where the inspiration come from. I just thought back, back in the day, Matcham Supercross, midweek. I mean, you used to have people like Ash Kane, who's, you know, Ash is Ash, mm. but he used to drive down midweek from Newcastle to race at Matcham's and go back. It was such a cool scene. And like, well, why aren't we doing that anymore? So, well, we are now doing it. We're doing one event this year, as I said, and then... Our, Totally, plans are already afoot to, to turn it into a series for twenty three and then we're hopefully up and running, you know. We've we've bought domain names for it, you know, and all those kind of things to build it. So Are you
1: um are you looking for any backing for that in terms of always sponsors? looking for backing, mm. Ed. Uh, why, do you know, any, strip bars? Do you know well, any Do you know any strip bars? I don't know any strip bars. I've obviously <laughs> supported you with the You fastest have lap, and thank you and I'll that. continue to do that as as well as we can. But anyone that's listening to this that's looking to get behind a bit of grassroots motocross I think get in touch well, with I'll
3: tell you right now you know this you've got the motocross and you've got two, four whatever it is UK motocross championships we, we want to build a UK super you know the, the word supercross it's not re- Matt rebranded at arena cross because it was in arenas Yeah, this is okay it's not AMA standard we're not in massive football No, but we, we have got an opportunity and I, and I do mean it like that to, to just do something different that's Easy to get into, sustainable, gotta get potentially a new audience out, you know, that punchier, shorter races, you know, and and we're really serious about it. we that's that's our one thing that we're really like. Okay, our other events like the hill climb and the and yeah, the fine. mini bike racing is, yeah. you know, a proper laugh. We want the same vibe at a supercross, but we actually want to build it into a proper thing. Yeah. Where you've got a legitimate, you know, super UK think supercross champ.
1: I think the um sport to take something from obviously it's quite different is speedway um if you're just watching it you can turn it on and it's quick bang 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 as soon as there's a race done next one's on and it's like you don't really get bored of it do you? that was it's a wish. little
2: bit your concept wasn't it that yeah. it was short yeah. sharp, quick sharp
1: listen nice. i
3: i've i've ra- you know I've, as we've spoken i've raced a, a high level motocross is has given me so much, you know, literally, I'm, if, I, if it didn't give me as much as it did, I still, and I'm not on about financially, if it didn't give me, well, I wouldn't be around, would I? I mean, no. I'm still involved in the sport yeah, yeah. because 80% of my friends are in it. I, I've, i you know, I, I go away on a weekend. I feel, it's just, it's just like a genuine reason for being. So I'm a motocross purist and I want motocross in the UK to be amazing. And I, I'm not saying we're trying to like replace it or detract from Trying to say that if we obviously did a decent UK Supercross series, that might encourage a few people to go. Well, this is cool. How do you get into it? And this is how it works in, in America. With it you can't. Your entry level is not Supercross. You've got to start in Motocross to learn the basic skills. Mm-hmm. So, if we have one or two people come out and watch a Supercross and think this is cool, with all the like with the Revy bikes as well, I mean they were they were awesome last year. That was the really that was probably the highlight of the of the evening with them going around and all the parents running around. So. We're using it as a platform to try and get people into, into the sport of motocross, because that's what Supercross does. It, yeah. it takes all the best bits and makes it packageable, you know, like short and sharp.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you, and that family aspect of, like you say, you're going to run an event where midweek, in the evening, family, yeah. kids running around, it's like, it's mega, isn't it? It's good for the sport in, in many ways, the more weekends, than just riding bikes.
3: Yeah, weekends are great, but, you know, if, if you're into it, once you get into it, but for most families that aren't into it, you know, they 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 get either doing DIY or the yeah. <laughs> parents, you know, the kids get dragged off to a bloody shopping mall or whatever it is. This is just like, okay, we're in the summer school holidays. What are we going to do? You know, like just go up there for a few hours, see bikes flying around above your head, loads and ex- all in front of you. You don't have to walk. It's all those little things that we want to yeah. build on. So, Definitely. we're doing it, and we've got other ideas to roll out in twenty three, which um I'll announce
1: in good time, but. Oh, we're gonna have to get you back on.
3: Well, we have got another. We have got another couple of ideas for next year. Yeah, so
1: oh, we'll get we'll have get you back. Later super,
3: we're focusing on the Supercross and the Hill Climb and and the Motocross for this year. So I'm keeping myself busy, fellas. I've got, as I said, many. I wear many caps, but nobody put a gun to my head to do that. I do it because that's yeah, just because I'm
2: involved with it. Isn't it? Yeah, you, well, as simple as that. It's you, nice. It's a bit
3: like I give it. I, I genuinely give a shit. Yeah. No, I, I literally, yeah, I'd literally. i say you're the yeah. one of the ones that do I, I, You
2: know, I can't. Yeah, you're not doing it. You're doing it for all I'm the right you, I'm reasons. I'm definitely not
3: doing it for the money. I, was, I wouldn't be driving around in a Ford Fusion, would I? It's <laughs> a bit great like, car, a by bit the like way. A bit like
2: Steve Dixon. I like the, what he does with that. Yeah. I, I like how he's He's just... The, the I, success I, I, he's had at the last few GPs, I was watching it at the weekend and seeing Harab and uh, like on the podium last three weeks and about to win that race, and I just thought, no one deserves it, yeah. it more than Steve Dixon. Did I was like, please in? pass. Please pass for the win on the last lap. And I was sat on the sofa, and then when he missed the last lap opportunity up the inside after pit lane, I was like, just swore, like, <laughs> fuck, no, he's not going to win the race because he missed it. But when someone does it for the right reasons and it all pays off, you just think, I, brilliant. For me, just to sign off, it's,
3: I know what it is. I, I made a conscious decision when I was 14. When I got my head around the whole fact that you know I lost my mentor, my dad, um, at that age you know you just turn into a young man all those kind of things and I, I can I can remember it you know I distinctly kind of like right okay so where do I go from here what kind of person do I become and I, I actually did at that age make a conscious decision that whatever I was going to do it wasn't going to be motivated by like money or or status or to try and impress it's, it's actually like do what you you know make a difference try and do something that you really love and at that point I was obviously two or three years into starting motocross, and that's, it was my absolute, like, life, I lived, lived for the weekend so I thought, oh, surely I've just got to pursue that, just just do, if you're into it, yeah, you do give it like. enough, yeah, like, otherwise you're not, what you're doing, you know, you just, you've got to have something and and it's, I
2: just, what can I say, I just love going to the races, I love the people. It's yeah, property, like you said this it? weekend, you come coming to Marshfield on Friday, yeah. you coming to Fox Hill on Sunday. <clears throat> yeah, to life,
3: it's, 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 yeah, it is. It is a complete, a complete way of life, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, and
1: you must really like Mondays at six pm. Then when he drops a new video, love it, <laughs> <laughs> love it.
2: We've been trying. To, that's another thing that's bringing a little bit. So nice get, plug, nice plug. Yeah. <laughs> Too busy Monday
3: on a six pm. I'm probably writing a race report or doing something. I mean, no, I'll but that, it,
2: the videos have brought so many. The amount of messages I get from that as well from the people saying I, oh, I, I used to race and I didn't race and now I've seen this and it motivates me so. Like yours says, your your evening races gets people that used to do it back into yeah. it, gets new people into it, and it's exactly what we need. Yeah, it is.
3: I'm listen. Like I said, I'm not. Try- we're
2: not trying to add more
3: confusion to weekend dates or whatever, or saturate it. Just we just want to make cool little events, one off events that are a bit quirky, something different. You know, to take away from all those strains and stresses of going and racing a championship, and
1: just have a laugh
3: just have a laugh with it really basically that's it but try and do it in a professional can can we
1: go to some this year
3: do you want to do some yeah I would like to do some well here's one I'm not sure if I should say it but I'm going to do it anyway
1: alright we can always cut it
3: great (laughs) Um, so Jake I've got a text message on my phone 'Cause is, is text uh nickels? Yeah, is that a binding contract with uh, a WhatsApp
1: message? The text like a handshake, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's as good as done. It like sealed. It's sealed. <laughs> Actually,
3: it's better because it's there, isn't yeah. it? Like you've got, a, you've you got a screenshot, trailer, as yeah. it were. So he's racing the supercross.
2: Yeah, Jake. There you go. Because he's built a supercross track. Jake loves to race. Like he's, he's just a racer. Like he doesn't care. Like you said before, now he do, he doesn't do it for money. He's got a bit of money. He just loves to race, so it I doesn't surprise me in the slightest that he like he wants to come race your supercross.
3: I will say this though, not an easy come to do it. He, he has supported mm. him for the last, well, last year in particular. So basically, he's jumped on board with what all the concepts that we're doing, and he is a sponsor of Steelhawk, obviously through his company, well, whichever company is True Seven, yeah, whichever one it is. Is that the all pl- of them? True, I don't plan, know. True seven, exactly true. the True Seven, group. True Group, True Group, True Group. So Jake has. Has got behind what we're doing. He he likes the idea. So it's like, fair play to him, yeah. you know, good because honestly, didn't go to Jake with a begging bowl. You know, I just casually mentioned it to him, and, and no, he,
1: got, he likes and he, and he got involved. So Jake's like, another grassrooter though. Like, yeah, he, he just fucking loves really Mike is. Cross.
2: It's nice to see now, even more so. People sometimes have the wrong perception, and then even this year, I've spent so much more time around him and see what he puts back in. And he's there to support anything, yeah. and he's just a racer.
3: So he'll be up against it though, because he'll have to race Woodcock, Brunel. No, but he it. don't.
2: He's not going just to. He won't even. Clayton. He's not going. Oh, I'll go there, win. He just. He just loves it. Talking I'm, of,
3: I'm not sure if Walshie's going to come and do it. Obviously, I'm not sure where him and Woodcock are at after their little. Oh, be Woodcock's going to get him. Or oh, maybe I should invite them both <laughs> our event. No, no that's maybe. what you need to do, invite them both. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be the highlight. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, just say, you know, pull the crowd in. No.
1: Um, talking of binding text messages, Billy's just texted me and says, are you still on the podcast? I'll call in. So should we give him a quick five-minute call?
3: Call in because, yeah, he we nearly got him to do it last year, as you well know, but he right. had to go off and do something. He had to... He had to go and do another event in Europe in the end. because right. he was get, he was on about doing the Supercross last year. I'll get but him on. The yeah, phone. he's another one that just loves it. Yeah, <clears throat> get him on. Let's just negotiate. Hello,
0: right
1: hello, Mr. Bolt. How are you?
0: Fine,
3: thanks.
1: You're, How are you, boys? We, we've good. got Jeff and Tommy here. We're just discussing what races we can enter you for this year. We've got a hill climb. Is that
2: a the bit hill of you? Climb, uh, yeah, nice that,
0: yeah. That does sound a bit of me.
3: Right, Billy, it's a slightly different one. It's called Helter Skelter Hill Climb. We did it last year. You race up, but then you zigzag back down over like a course on the way back down. It's I object- feel
2: like we're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And I wouldn't call this moron to answer my question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and... <laughs> Quick, you've got one minute to answer.
3: So there's that what one. What do you want to know? Are,
2: Are you, you in, in or not? not? He'll climb, like climb or supercross.
0: Well, the ball sound like they're up my alley, to be
2: fair. Yeah, no, that's what well, I thought. Well,
3: we very nearly got you doing the supercross last year, if you remember, but you, had to, you obviously had to go off and win a more important championship somewhere mm. in the end, didn't you? So maybe we can get you down for the, for the supercross in August. If Billy's Mid-week, racing supercross, I'll yeah. be there with a the camera. <laughs> Do you know what? We got a decent... Uh, Justin built a decent set of whoops, so even if you don't win... If you could just manual through them
1: every lap. Yeah, you could do that. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I think I could manage that. That's, that's definitely more achievable than the, the, the winning part, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> Whereabouts <laughs> in the world are you, Bill? What's happening? What's been going on?
0: Uh, in South Africa. Oh. Just took into a chicken prego. It's um, flooding quite badly down here. Mad rain. No way. Um, it is mad you know, rain, you know, isn't you know, it? Proper mad yeah uh so not what anyway
1: what's the date of this hill climb oh look oh, how, look how out. keen he is right the
3: hill climb is saturday the 11th of june in dorset it. it's awesome money I'll, send,
0: money.
3: I'll send you a link well we might have to negotiate i'm not sure if we do that on on air um <laughs> but yeah we I'll, I'll send you a link we'll talk about it. so that's yes yeah, saturday the 11th of june the supercross is Tuesday the 9th of August at Cuss's on that Supercross track in the middle there, which, like I said... All right,
0: well, well put a pencil down for them both, but I can't make any promises. Well, no, I'm, I'm not expecting you to. For, for, uh, for something different. This yeah. is good to call in
2: context clear. It um, would...
0: um, yeah, well, I was about to say, I'm amazed how clear it is on my phone as well. Like Even if a few of you speak at once or whatever. I'm I'm very impressed.
1: Well, you're coming through the headphones as well, so we can hear you. It's even more clear if I actually buy the cable that plugs it in, but now we know it works, and uh, we'll have to do this a bit more often.
3: What you will have to do, though, Billy, what you will have to do, though, is still keep putting in your fuel receipts, even though you're not technically driving in to do the show. Still make sure you invoice Ed for the fuel.
1: We We put Billy in charge of finding a sponsor, and look how that's gone for us. Oh
0: yeah, I had one, and then Tommy messed that up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: we've got one for this episode We've got Redline Motorcycle sponsoring us today, Bill uh,
0: We've got an episode sponsor Oh, oh that's good. I'm pleased you told us about that Before you try to slide that out, out of my eyes
1: No, they've, uh, they've Is sub- there any money in that, or just a bike? No, they've done me a deal on a beater They're selling that beater They give me this bike no, to give know, away it's all, win, it's all Ed, 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 this, this episode Listen boys, I carry you two
3: <laughs> Billy, you must be getting to have Ed's a- had a busy week, to be fair you must be getting to a point, obviously your popularity and everything, where you've you got to start maybe having some offers coming in to bin these two off, haven't you?
0: <laughs> some some uh, higher grade friends. Well, yeah, you know, like because that's
3: how social standards work, isn't it? You know, you just you that's, just that's what up. happened, Jeff. The minute you put that you know, red ball pattern, I know he's, a, I know he's obviously, you know, like a British champion, champion and whatever. But you not know, let's not status. kid, our, kid ourselves. You know, his career's on the way down. You're on the up. You got yeah. you got to break the shackles of these two and I move do on. Know.
2: I was actually surprised he picked up after when he's got a Red Bull hat on now. <laughs> it's coming, oh, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How was your race in Israel? Have you, have you recovered? To, um, I
0: think Israel needs to be an episode in itself, to be honest. I don't want to go into too much detail. Oh, is there a lot um, to talk about? But it was eventful. There was all sorts went on in Israel. Um, but it was... In the end, A lot of dramas went on, but in the end, the final day, the actual main day of racing, actually was was good, and the track was good, and the race was actually good. Um, So, well, not, yeah, like I say, not going to too much detail. The final race was actually quite good. I um, was quite happy with how I did. I came second, if you didn't know that. Well,
1: we'll save it for a full episode then.
0: Yeah, we'll save it for a full episode. Um, So, no, I'm in South Africa at the minute. I plan to come here anyway, but now I've got an injured wrist which has been injured for a while. I've just kind of ignored it until last week. But now I've decided it is actually injured. So I'm going to rest up here for a couple of weeks and hopefully that... um, I've been to see some surgeons and stuff. And and with rest, it should repair by itself, all being well. Um, So thankfully, there's a bit of a break in the calendar too. We've got like six weeks until the next race. So I'm going to hibernate down here for a couple of weeks and try and uh, let my wrist repair without the need of surgery and, and hopefully all being well actually in a few weeks time and then back to, to get right, ready Bill. for the What's next round. The, yeah, you've you had enough <laughs> now. <What? laughs> just a I'm quick just call, mate.
3: Is he still talking? Yeah, he's I've still just on been the out play. for a piss and come back
1: <laughs> and he's still talking. Uh, I've that's just I've just that's had a thought, me. just had a very good thought actually, this hill climb we could, we could get the 610 ready. I thought that as soon as he said it. Yeah. What's
0: happening with the 610, Ed? Ed's in charge of the 610.
1: Well, the 610, I need to drop off to the person that's doing it up, but I didn't know whether you wanted to wait till you were back so that we could film it so you could make an episode out of it.
0: Just get it. Just get it gone. Right.
1: Just i got to it. say,
3: it's under it's, it is a horsepower hill. You get a bit of momentum going down um, the first hill, but, but you've got to get you G the, out at the bottom, right? Last year, we had a guy on a road bike, his foot peg, he went he G'd out so much that his foot peg snapped off and he and he ate shit like really <laughs> hard. Um, but yeah, the, obviously the once six you six ten
0: w- comes with its own value though, to be honest. The, the the start money might have to increase for the six ten having an out that, no, that. I knew was the start tiring. money were
1: gonna yeah. be coming to it. Look, Bill, yeah. we've just spent an hour and twenty minutes but talking about how we're back. trying to improve the, the sport. To the
0: land for fuel.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to get my thinking cap on. You know. So what? You know. What kind of figures are we talking about?
0: What stick like
2: five oh or what? What? Stick, what? It to
0: the, stick it to the committee and see what you can come up with.
2: A pre burger, hot yeah. dog. Yeah, That'd be happy.
0: Food. Food often
3: helps. Oh no, we do. We do good food at our events. We definitely yeah. do good. Yeah, we do good healthy food. Yeah. Well, we've got a you know Julie's. Yeah, Julie's involved in catering. She's got all the right contacts. We do good, strip good, clubs
2: healthy there. There's a strip tent there, Bill. If you're over. Do what? So strip tent at the Steelhawk races. Oh,
0: fucking
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, that got... hell. That could be the clincher right there. Yeah, yeah I think have got think it.
2: He's shown his hand
3: there, hasn't he? Basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> got him hooked in with that, haven't we?
1: Right, yeah. well, we're seeing a bit then, Bill. We'll, we'll leave you to get back to yeah, your chicken well, sandwich. Well,
0: My chicken sandwich has gone a bit cold now. I've only mean able to eat chips while I've been on the phone. I didn't want to start jumping because everyone started whinging when that happens. So <laughs> human
1: being. What have you been eating chips? I was
0: gonna come on I was gonna come on to tell everyone to go and buy my t shirt that went out last night, but they've smashed it. They don't no Sold one out. needs to remind them to do that. Yeah, that's gone. If you've uh, if you've missed out, I do apologise, but you should have been faster.
3: Need a new yeah. one, don't you? I need a rerun. They've done Version a twenty twenty two
1: World Championship. Nah,
0: we're exclusive one run if you've missed it you've missed it you need to learn your lesson for next time <laughs> right but anyway um oh well, well i, saw a, a I saw a load of them i
3: saw a load of them in the bin when i was coming in in ed's <laughs> wheelie bin and we bought That's them up to make him feel them. good he,
0: he sells them on the black market
3: he's like a paper out <laughs> oh, is he on. you told him you told yeah. him to go and sell them and like a kid on a paper round that doesn't want to do it he just just <laughs> chucked them all in the
1: bin said i sold them all <laughs> oh well right Bill very nice to speak to you we'll, well save you to an episode
0: nice one alright have fun
1: bye bye, bye. Yep. well wow. <laughs> William Bolt William Bolt indeed well good we lad. could that's, that's pretty much as good as a signed contract there as well yeah. as Billy, Billy Bolt be there yeah just but you next what are you going to race up the hill
2: on. um I don't know, I've got a few I could get something to race up the hill Honda do quite a few bikes that I could race I up I know, up the hill. What you could race up the
3: what hill Why don't you do the mini
2: bike class? You could, ride, the
1: you could race the Dave Thorpe 500 up the hill
2: I could race so many bikes <laughs> Going up's alright Coming, coming down. down, it's harder on oh No, it's not harder, no but
3: you just, what you've got to remember is you obviously you're a seasoned motocross racer so you've got your lines, you've got your technique and all that We're talking about racing with people that not necessarily know how to stop uh, and and <laughs> The skill set a little bit is a little bit you know, and it's grass and it's off camber and all that, you know. Like when Trickett came and did it, he was like, "It's brilliant, yeah." He's like, "God, how do you you know?" Trickett was like saying to me because we had a couple of test runs when we set the track out. He's like, "Man, like, how do you how do you turn?" I said, "What do you mean, how do you turn?" Because how do you get round there? I'm like, "Well, I guess because what you know, motocross tracks back in the day when I grew up in the southwest, that's what we all like. Lou was in hell of a mess. He he literally would go straight." to the tapes and then kind of stop and and do that <laughs> God, I was just I was just riding by him it was good he, right. he loved it so yeah um, there we go we're we're right well
1: late on. we'll let Tommy go because Tommy's you, you've got you're a busy afternoon again haven't you yeah I've got a few riders to coach more, more coaching and we'll let Jeff get on with his way as we mentioned there's the the kids uh strider bike from redline motorcycles to win that all you need to do is go and like their latest post on instagram and comment on it and in a week's time they will use a random comment selector and announce it on their own thing you're not going to win this one you are going to win the front board off this because tommy's going to sign it now but you're going to win a brand new one in a box all packaged up posted it out directly to you from them uh nathan will sort that so you will definitely get that uh, Jeff thanks again Thank
2: Thanks, you, Jeff. mate. Jeff good thanks. episode do you
1: want to do you want to um, tell us where they can find all the details again do you know what just drive
3: you straight to Stillhawk. it's just steelhawkmc.cc you can know because it's yeah. not cc in it. it yeah. mm-hmm. bike related
1: and then that is that
3: you'll just see everything that we're doing on there um, all the events are on there all the details about it we've obviously got Facebook and Instagram um, yeah. with all that going on and then obviously I'm still doing what I'm doing with Dirt Hub MX Nationals Team Green Busy. Got my Steelhawk hat on today.
1: You've got them all on today. So, yeah, yeah Jeff will be at every MX National.
3: Well, I will, yeah, I shall be doing, continuing to do the live stream yeah. uh, coverage with Callum. I think Callum, there's one round that Callum can't make it. Um, so, yeah, we've got another five rounds of that. Wicked. Um, they're all going out live streaming on a Sunday, of course. So, on MXN TV. Um, yeah, just busy. I'll be at Bob's event and all that try to get as many events yeah, as
1: you can see, see you there then yeah um, and as for Tommy don't know when this is coming out probably in Monday by this point you'll have done Marshfield, Fox Hills and your French race um, and there'll be some videos so go and watch those on his channel
2: busy weekend it is a busy weekend
1: yeah I'm, Yeah. well I'm with him on Friday oh, well we'll see you there you might even make the vlog as well might. yeah we're getting back on yeah we can make this it's, it's actually
3: he's not too far off of calling him back in in the van for a chat actually There we go. See how his year goes.
1: Radio, thanks very much. We'll catch you you all later. Lovely. Cheers. Cheers.